Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Unlicensed and Unhinged. I'm your host, Jeremy Granite, and my best friend and partner, Mike Gaddy. Mike Gaddy here. Welcome back, everybody. Good to be back. It's good to be back. We're going to try to stack a couple a week from now on, but today we have a special guest near and dear to my heart, one of my other closest friends in Reno, Aaron. How are you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm doing good. Finally got here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Aaron and I offered Aaron to come on the podcast like 15 separate times when other people canceled. To the point where I was like, I want to have you on anyway. It's just that I, I know I know you got a little bit different schedule than some people. So it's like easier to catch you sometimes during the week. Yeah. So I was just like, fuck it. You know what? It was like four days ago. I was like, or was it two days it was ago? two days ago. Yeah, two days ago. I was like, Wednesday, 7 p.m. What the fuck are you doing? Yep. <laughs> and now you're here, buddy. Yep, that's all it took. Fuck yeah. I just are. had to actually schedule you. Like, yeah. I'm not a second choice, you fucking bitch. <laughs> I can be. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, fuck me right. I'll be your second choice. So me and Aaron have known each other basically just about as long as uh, me and Mike have known each other. He's one of my first and closest friends when I moved to Reno, and uh, it's good to have him on the podcast. He's a man of uh, much experience, and some of his life experience parallels mine, which is one of the things we've bonded on with our military experiences. But I want to just, as always, give an opportunity to our listeners to get to know someone that I love and uh, I think is cool, and that I might think everyone else might find interesting. So, Aaron, I want to start and ask you, like, uh, you know, where you're from originally, what your childhood was like, where you grew up, and all of that. So, the, take the floor, my brother. Yeah, so um, I was born in Lima, um, and my family and I came when I was three years old as a political refugee. Um, there was a lot of terrorism going on in the, in the 80s. And so they booked it because we weren't safe out there. And then, you know, they grant, they got, they applied for political refugee status. Um, they got granted that. Um, and then we became residents. Then we became citizens, you know. And, yeah. uh, and so this country has done a lot for me yeah. uh, my whole life, which is the reason why I joined the Marines. Yeah. And a lot of my extended family called me a dumbass. Yeah. You know, because. Before, that, we, damn, before we go down that road, though, you had like a real let's, reason. Let's clarify, <laughs> let's clarify for the listeners who might not know you as well as I do and, and your story. Well, um, you said Lima, but what country is that? In? Oh, I'm sorry. Lima, Peru. There we go. Okay. So, I was like, wait, where's so that? The, <laughs> I mean, it's, I think it's just important. Not that I didn't know that mm-hmm. and not that Mike, I, Mike I, might I also, did, I did not. yeah, Mike <laughs> might also be learning this for the yeah. first time, but just to, just to paint the picture, you know? Mm-hmm. So Peru and what, what year did your family come here? Uh, 1992 or three. How, yeah. old, were, how old were you? I was three. Okay. So, so I was 89, um, probably 92 was when I came. Okay. So there was a lot of problems within the Peruvian government at that time. Mm-hmm. And there was not only that, there was a lot of political strife. And of course, you probably had a nice sprinkling of like all the cartel shit going on in that <laughs> time frame too. You know, I'm, I'm sure. And we could talk more about that later. I just wanted to get, I just want to paint the good picture. And obviously you, you served in the Marine Corps and I served in the Army. So that's one of the things we bonded on. Um, what years did you serve? Um, I enlisted in 2008. And I did four years, and I got out in 2012. Four years, um, that was enough for me, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I did yeah. what I like really wanted to do, and there was, I knew there was also other things that I wanted to keep doing outside of the Marines. What about the time? So go, continue that story from between you when coming here and then and then going to the Marines. Um, yeah. Um, so I'm I'm from San Mateo. 
uh, California, you know, the Bay Area. All that hyphy shit, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, um, yeah. Up. Uh, and that, that's where I was born. Uh, went to school in Aragon. Um, yeah, I mean, I was a little fucking... I was a little bitch fucking in high school. <laughs> no hoodlum shit at all? Or, yeah, there, or, there, was a little, there was a lot of hoodlum shit going I, There on. has to be a lot of hoodlum shit because if you're growing up in the Bay Area, it's mm-hmm. all hood rat shit all the time. Yeah, no, I, I well, if you're, if you're friends with Harley, then I know you guys are doing hood rat shit. Oh, yeah, for real. Well, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, for I, sure. I went to Juvenile Hall um, my freshman year of high school. Nice. Uh, I want to hear this story. Yeah, for sure. Give us the deets on yeah, how um, you found yourself in Juvie. Um, so... I had a. Uh, I remember it was April April Fool's Day. You know? Oh wow! And I was hanging out with the wrong crowd. You know, we were just a bunch of punk kids. You know, just, <laughs> yeah, just bullying yeah. other kids like straight up. You know, mm-hmm. and there was this one kid that nobody liked. His name was um, Bobby Newman. <laughs> you know, and we had filled up this like balloon with like half air, half water, and um, I remember we were on the tracks of uh, you know running for a PE or whatever, and he's like running up and like I, I throw it at him. And he dodges it and he elbows me in my in my rib. <laughs> Oh, you know? all right. Yeah. And, you know, it's and, on back then. That <laughs> yeah, was all it took. Everyone's like, ooh, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> pussy, pussy, yeah, pussy, pussy. You don't yeah. yeah. do that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, fuck no. <laughs> you know? So I waited for him in, in the gym locker rooms. Um, and I was an honest to the day. I, didn't, I, was, I was such a like, little piece of shit. I didn't even, I didn't even like, dress up for the part. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so he, like, he walks in the locker rooms, and I was like, hey, bitch, you're going to fucking just elbow me and get, get away with it? Like, it's on out. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. So we started fighting, and like I fucking, like, um, I, I pretty much won that fight. I mean, I, I did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you either bodied him or you didn't body no, him. He was you on, know what I mean? Like, know, he was on the floor, and I started walking away. And then all of a sudden, I hear all this commotion in the back. You know, like, oh, shit. Oh, no. Somebody else from the crowd jumped in and beat his ass some more. Oh, no. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> you know, actually, I'd be pissed in that situation, <laughs> bro. First off, first off, if I lay an ass whipping on someone <laughs> and they're down and then someone else jumps in, I'd take that kind of as disrespect. Yeah, that's my like, Are you telling me I yeah, don't whoop yeah. his ass? You telling me I don't whoop his ass good yeah, enough, bro? Right, right. What the fuck? That's my ass whooping. You get Mine. the fuck. That's rude. And plus, also, what bitch ass shit is that? Right. Dude's already all fucked up, yeah. laid out on the ground, and you're going to jump in? I'd have been mad, dude. Yeah, well, I didn't know that happened until, like, fucking, um, until I started walking away, and, and I was like, all right, this is bad, you know? So I, I, I dipped out, and I went to go hide in the library, because no, <laughs> no one's going to find me in there. No one's going to look yeah. for me there. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way he's in the library. Yeah, hell no, that's the last place he'll be. Nope. <laughs> that's the first a- place Aaron is streetwise, but he's not what you would call a learned man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. And yeah. so eventually they found me. The security oh, guard damn. found me. And he has this, like, metal pipe that he had, like, um, confiscated from a, another fight at the same oh time. That damn. they were, like, beating each other with pipes and shit, you know? Sounds yeah. like San Mateo got down, dude. <laughs> oh, no. They, they did for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so, like, I'm getting escorted, you know, to the principal's office. Excuse me. And... Um, and there's fucking helicopters everywhere. Like, they're literally surrounded the school. There's an ambulance, fucking, like, um, oh, shit. yeah, like, fire trucks, dude. Because like, some other kid just got beat with a fucking pipe. Pipe, yeah. Oh, fuck. And so I get, you know, escorted. And everyone, everybody's seen me, you know, being escorted to the office, you yeah. know, by the security guard. <laughs> that's good, though. That's, that's good clout. That's good clout. <laughs> yeah. what, what year of high school was this? This was 2000 and... But no, what, what were you, a junior? Oh, no, I was a freshman. Oh, fr- perfect. Yeah, bro. perfect, dude. Started <laughs> off right, dude. Yeah, you you gotta, it's like prison rules. Yeah. Prison rules, dude. You came in, yeah. whooped someone's ass on the yard, and, All the and left in cups. All the seniors respect you now. <laughs> yeah, All the no, seniors no, are like, like, all right. Like, slow clap. All right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, a lot of kids got bullied that year. 
Oh, do but you are not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, and, fuck and yeah. So I ended up getting um, arrested <laughs> at school. You know, like what the cops the literally fuck? fucking put handcuffs on me and took me away. And like my mom had to pick, come pick me up at the at the Cemetery County fucking um, not the county jail. It was like the police department. And um, yeah, I was I was I was that. She got in trouble for me for some reason. Um, but then I got probation for like was like a year and a half, and I got sent to juvie for six months. But go go back and let's let's open up a piece of that. I'm not gonna let you just skip past. Someone got in trouble for you. Let's talk about that. Mm, yeah. So my mom had to go to court and oh, because it's like they're they're like control your kid kind of thing. Respo- kind she's of, responsible yeah. for you at that yeah, point. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And like I felt so bad because like the judge like like just ripped in her. You know, like you're like damn, bro. I was the one being a piece of shit. Not yeah, her, dude. You know, like oh, good, good go talk to my mom. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, he just charged the bench. Oh, right. Take him away. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, man. But when I came back to school, like, it was fucking, like, everyone was like, oh, my God, dude. Like, like we heard you fucking, like, stabbed him in the knee. <laughs> like, all kinds of crazy little fucking, like, freshman rumors, you know? Yeah. They're like, uh, someone was saying that, like, as they, like, took him out in a stretcher, because I guess he had to be taken out in a stretcher. Yeah. Uh, they took him up, up this fucking, like, ramp. And, um. I, as they were taking him away in the ramp, you know, I came out of nowhere, you know, and, and, I, fucking, and I fucking pushed him back down the fucking. Yeah, that, those stories escalated. Nice, nice. Yeah, dude. I would I would have co-signed every single one of them too. Yeah, I seen it. Uh, yeah, I was like, there. Then, then I then, then I hopped on the number seven bus and I fucked his mom. <laughs> that was actually the first time I, I bullied him was on a bus. I had like a little rubber band. I mean, let's 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 state this for all our listeners: bullying is wrong. But occasionally, occasionally somebody <laughs> a, somebody gets bullied for a reason. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like something's wrong with them sometimes. They don't know how to socially act, or they're crossing lines that they shouldn't cross. So I'm not saying we should justify bullying. What I'm saying is sometimes some motherfuckers need to get reckoning. You know, oh, yeah. be brought to be brought to a fucking conversation at least. Yeah. No, and he and he was like this, this this white boy, you know, who like I remember the reason why we even started picking on him was because he was like, oh, don't mess with me, I'm a Sereno, you know, like oh, okay. white as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bro, we should we should do a skit where I where, like a YouTube channel thing, where I just go to deep ass fucking Latino hoods and and just <laughs> start repping N- yeah. Norteño or Sereno, yeah. <laughs> just like. Dress full cholo. Yep. There's a couple of YouTube channels that do that. We gotta we, we gotta have we gotta have uh, Aaron there to fucking de-escalate the situation once it gets sideways. Oh uh, hell yeah, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, that's what started it all, man. And Call me Wolo. <laughs> Wolo. <laughs> but I I start um I don't know like I, after after high school after juvie I kind of straightened out and I want I didn't want to be. Did you go to that same school for the next three years or? Oh yeah yeah, yeah I did. Um, and I straightened out, and like a lot of the people that I, um, a lot of the people that that I had, I was mean to. I I tried made to like amends, made yeah, amends. That's you know, good. That's important. I, I, I couldn't with all of them, but I I tried again when I came back home from the Marines. Mm. I literally reached out to these people, you know, no and they're like yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was gonna say the person that I know now, you, uh, I, I don't see you as a like a bully or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, you know, I was a little shit, man. Like I'm glad <laughs> yeah. I straightened out, you know, because yeah. I don't know where I would have been at. Well. You say that, Mike, that you don't see him as a bully, but uh, I have a differing opinion, but it's just because of our, our shared brotherhood of arms. And the thing is, like, knowing I don't I didn't serve with Aaron directly, obviously, and, and our our time in service did overlap. But the thing is anybody I meet in the military is 
I know they bully because I know they I know they bully and I know they harass and I know they fucking you guys can't see it but Aaron's smiling like yeah, hella yeah, big right because now that's like, the thing. <laughs> because that's the nature of that community though it truly is like mm-hmm. it, when when you come into the military and you're just a fucking boot or or a fucking cherry the terminology differs but the, the meaning is the same you're, you ain't shit, right? And all your cockiness and everything that you think you are, while it is a part of your individuality and it, it will come back into play later in your career in the military, the reality is your seniors, the, the soldiers or the Marines above you, mm-hmm. they, what they need from you is to shut the fuck up and yeah. listen and yeah. learn something because you're not going to come into the military and be a fucking hero. That's not going to happen. Yeah. What is going to happen is you're either going to get in line or you're going to get some people killed. Mm-hmm. So because of that, the fucking hounding, there's a word for it. Like they do it in college frats. What am I thinking about? Hazing. Hazing. Yeah, hazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The hazing that occurs, although it can borderline cruel and it can cross the lines a lot, and it oh, often sure. does, <clears throat> for sure. I mean, we both probably have a dozen stories mm-hmm. where it crossed the line. It's, ask, it's actually necessary. Yeah. It's part of the process because you need to get this young fucking asshole mm-hmm. who's full of fucking cum and fucking anger and wants yeah. to do war shit. But they also need to learn how to fucking listen and play their position. Yeah. Right? You got your sector. If you're moving in a unit, you have to know what your fucking job is. Right? Mm-hmm. And if you're a cocky little fucking asshole, you got to get put in your place. Yep. And in the military, they do it in a lot of different ways. Like, there's no worse day than your birthday mm-hmm. if you're at the unit. <laughs> I heard that. It's good. <laughs> because if if they find out it's your birthday, you're gonna get fucked up, bro. Oh, yeah. They're gonna ball you up. They're mm-hmm. gonna wrestle you down. They're gonna uh, give you pink bellies, yeah, which is where they, they <laughs> slap the shit out of your stomach. You know, yep. they're gonna hose you off. They're gonna tie you to something or duct tape you to something. Usually, though, in the the saving grace of that in the army, at least, I don't know if I I can't speak for the Marines, but they would do all that to you, and then like two o'clock, they'd be like. Have a nice day. They send you home early. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> they fuck you up all morning. Mm. You come back after lunch. Maybe they left you fucking duct taped to a crane. I don't know. Yeah. What, whatever. We did a lot of <laughs> fucked up shit. Right? But you come back from, they come back from lunch. You come back from lunch. Whatever happens. And you basically, they're going to cut you loose for the day, which is nice. Because it isn't all, a, a, it's not quite parallel to bullying. It's more out of a place of love. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's fucking spot checking a motherfucker's toughness and their character. Because, you know, if, if the whole platoon folds down on you and starts slapping up your fucking belly and you act like a little bitch, mm. that's kind of a good indication of what's going to happen when bullets start flying. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and to that, do you have any stories of times in the Marine Corps where that shit occurred? Were, uh, not for my birthday, but just being fucked up for existing. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Marine. Yeah, dude. Like my fucking first day, my first day in the fleet. And like the fleet is like basically where you check in with your unit. Are you going to stay for, stay with for a long time? Yeah. <clears throat> um, I didn't give the proper greeting of the day to this Marine that was like a senior Marine that was walking past me. Oh boy. You know? And, and I didn't say it because he had a t-shirt on. He didn't have his blouse with his rank, uh-huh. you know? So I look, I look over at him. I was like, uh, uh good morning. And he, and he stops me, you know, as I'm, as I'm walking, you know. Just to interrupt for a second, by military standards, fuck him. He had nothing to say. If you're not showing rank, oh, no, for sure. then you ain't shit, bro. Shut yep. the fuck up. That was, my, that was my introduction. He stopped me, punched me in the fucking face. Oh, my God. <laughs> and said, it's good morning, Lance Corporal. <laughs> I was like, it's good morning, Lance Corporal. And he was like, yeah, get out of my way, bitch. And he fucking kept on walking. like. So, the, so at that point, you still didn't know what rank he was. No, I, no I just, he, 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 he just told him. Yeah, he told oh, me. To be fair, he did tell him. Yeah, he, okay. he, he, the only reason I knew. 
<laughs> yeah, this motherfucker went, on, went about his day. He went to go get chow. <laughs> he, probably talk, he probably talked shit to the other E4s. He's like, he's like, you know what? I just guy. saw this fucking boot. <laughs> yeah, he just all scared. He just shit. said good morning, like yep. I was a fucking McDonald's worker. <laughs> so you know what I did? I punched him. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, they're, and they're all like, yeah, good shit, fuck bro. Yeah, fuck yeah, fuck that boot. Fuck the boot. Yeah, dude. And I, and I, was, I was fucking. I mean, I was scared, bro, because like I'm over here thinking I'm this big badass marine because I graduated Barely. boot camp. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I graduated fucking like um, uh, SOI, school infantry. And so you think you have all this respect already, not right? Nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. go into that punching place real quick, man. So you, like, now you, you have know. that re- you have that respect for the random fucking civilians in your family and mm-hmm. at the grocery store if you're in uniform. But the guys in the unit, and this is how it's differentiated in the army. It's, I think it's different in the Marine Corps, but it's about do you got that? If you're in a combat MOS, like we both, we, I started as one, and, and mm-hmm. you were one your entire time. For us, it was you get that deployment patch. And then you, you get a either, if, if you're infantry in the Army, you get a CIB, Combat mm-hmm. Infantry Badge. Or if you're, if you're not infantry or you're a scout or any other job and you go to combat, you get a CAB, com, mm-hmm. a, a Combat Action Badge. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what was it for the Marine Corps? We had a Combat Action Ribbon. Ribbon? Yeah. yeah so, so until you had that in the unit, you weren't shit, I'm yeah. guessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of Marines uh, uh, up until that point hadn't really had earned that you know those like you have the marines that are your senior marines because they're deployed to like you know to a to um overseas but but when once you get that combat action ribbon things change it's yeah it's yeah. a whole different it's a whole different ball game you know you get you start getting respect from like like people even higher than you yeah you know that, that talk yep. to you with like a, like a lot more respect you can tell mm-hmm. you know I, I had that experience uh when i came back from my first deployment to iraq uh, this was 2009, right? Mm. Oh, sorry, seven, 2007, mm. right? So 2007, I came back and I was on a flight back and uh, they moved our unit back in phases. So everybody on the plane wasn't in my unit. Some of them, because you're at Kuwait and it's just they fill the flights oh, okay, as they you. fill them. And there's mm-hmm. people that have different priorities and shit. And this fucking Air Force uh, captain mm-hmm. sat next to me and I had my fucking... I had my cab, you know what I mean? Yeah. I had my deployment patch on, and he was like, damn, dude. And I was like, what? He's like, I was like, what, sir? You know, because I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. just going to pop off and crack. I'm like, what, sir? I'm like, what, sir? I was thinking something was fucked up with my uniform mm-hmm. or whatever, and yeah. it's even more embarrassing. You're all, you're all checking yourself? What? Well, if another, <laughs> if another branch has to correct you, oh, bro. Your, peers, your peers will, your peers and your seniors will fuck you up. Like, yeah. You're, you're done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to get corrective training of some sort, and it's not going to be fun. So I was like, oh, shit. You know, like, yeah. I'm doing a check. I'm like, he's like, you see some action over here? And I was like, <laughs> trying not to laugh. I was like, a little bit, yeah, sir. Just a wee bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, sir. And, you know, it's not like this was mid-tour leave for my first deployment. So mm. I was only braving eight, nine months in country. But we lost like 27 dudes yeah. in like in like the first uh, 100 days that we were there. That's rough. So it was it was real shit back then. Mm-hmm. You know, Iraq was still popping. Yeah. And the dude was like giving me all this respect. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't expecting to engage with an officer like that. Yeah. But he's an Air Force fucking LT. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he'd been in the Air Force for a total of like two years, maybe. Yeah. And that was his first <laughs> deployment too. Yeah. And I guarantee he was sitting on some kind of like talk or like some yeah. fucking weather station oh, for or, sure. or, you know, like operations, fucking, 
OIC or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So I was just shocked by that, but it's kind of the same thing of what you're saying is mm-hmm. like, once you get that, once you get those chops, yeah. Once you get those 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 titty glitters, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those titty glitters, those open doors and 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 change dynamics all across the military. Yep. And before yeah, before that happens, like. You, you need to get you need to get fucked up a little bit by your seniors, you know. Yeah, okay. You have to. Yeah, back to what we were talking yeah, about, right? right? You have to, because you can't you can't just be a fucking butt private. You know what I mean? You mm. can't be an E one or an E two, and be trusted for anything. Although mm. I did meet a couple of former formula uh, former specialists E mm-hmm. fours that were like busted down to private. Yeah. But they were like salty as fuck. You know what yeah, I mean? No, like that's that's how yeah. I was on my second deployment. I came back, I got busted down like rank. I got in trouble because I because I, I beat up another. Damn, maybe I am a bully. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking knew it. I called that shit. Bro. <laughs> no, you're just pass, you're just passing down the sacred knowledge, dude. Yeah, man. Yeah. And like and so this this guy was a um, he was he was higher ranking than me, right? You know, mm-hmm. but he had he had never been in combat before. That was my second combat deployment. And um, and he was what we call a combat replacement, you know. Like we'd lost so many guys, we needed other Marines to come and fill those spots up. And they so don't he, get treated well. No, because you're like, bro, you're you're never gonna replace Jones. Yeah, you know, yeah. But and but I mean, the, the worst part is that he was uh, he was a supply Marine, you know. So it wasn't even like a combat arms Marine or anything. And he comes to my post and, and he tries to tries bossing me around, you know. I was like, hey man, it's not how this works in, in the fucking grunts, <laughs> you know. Yeah, like yeah. this is my second appointment. Yeah, you're like, first off, you might outrank me. Yeah. But this is my world, bitch. Yeah, literally. <laughs> literally you know, I was like, I respect you and respect, respect your rank, but don't treat me like I'm a fucking boot. Right. Like, this is my second time here. You know, this is your first time. And he's like, you know what, Talavera, I'll, I'll have you get off my post right now and pick up. You know what, fuck it, go down and pick up all my rocks. I was like, pick up your fucking rocks. <laughs> I was like, you pick them up yourself, bitch. And yeah. he's like, send a prayer dress, you know. And I got pissed off, and I started fucking hitting him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> prayer dress. How yeah. about this? <laughs> yeah. How about you? How about you rest? Prayer <laughs> dress that head, slut. Yeah, dude. And, and it was all in like a, a, a little tiny guard shack. You know. Oh. <laughs> he was like, oh, stop. Okay. That's not. <laughs> a, that's no. not. A, that's not a great interaction. But I encountered that a lot of times too. Once I was like a senior E4. Yeah. On my third deployment. Yeah. And the fucking LTs t- talking some bullshit, bro. Yeah. And I've been like, look, I've been in the army at this point for like four, almost almost four years. Mm-hmm. I took a loss. We'll talk about that in another podcast. Yep. <laughs> I took an L on a rank yeah. once. But, you know, he's getting all in my face. And I'm just like, look, sir. Luckily, though, that's when a good NCO can step in mm-hmm. because my, my, my platoon sergeant was like, Hey sir, let me talk to you. Cause he was just dead ass wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Like he was just dead ass wrong. Yeah. And then that platoon sergeant, that E seven, that LT still technically does outrank him. Mm-hmm. But the thing is like, they kind of know when it's an E seven. Yeah. You know what I mean? They kind of know they're like shit because all that E seven has to do is talk to first sergeant, first sergeant talks to the commander mm-hmm. and the commander who's at least a major. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is gonna butt fuck that LT, <laughs> yep. you know, especially if they're wrong. Like, don't get me wrong, if LT is right, especially when it comes to like some regulation shit, mm-hmm. you you're gonna you're gonna have to respect the rank. Yeah, you know what I mean. But there's just times when it's like, all right, sit the fuck back. Yeah, no. shut the like. Listen to me. You graduated college, mm-hmm. and now I hear an echo. Do you guys hear an echo on my feed? No, no. Maybe I just got a loud ass voice. I don't know. I'll, I'll turn it down a little bit. But your voice is carrying anyway. over into my mic over here. Yeah, that's probably what it is. 
But, but just to just to carry that point a little bit further, what we're saying, like, rank matters a lot in the military. But to the guys that have been there and done that in a unit, it only matters so much compared to experience. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, I survived a truck explosion, mm-hmm. uh, the only one, and it was because of LT was trying to make his mission plan no. to to standard of what he started with his plan. He mm-hmm. didn't want to listen to experience on the ground. That's mm-hmm. a story for another time, but yeah. whatever. Like, Let's get back to the thing we we're talking about with the hazing, though. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, that's a part of it. Like, yeah. the, a part of it is that like you don't have a place to talk shit or disrespect mm-hmm. or anything like that until you've gone through the paces a couple times. You know? Yeah. Oh, uh, this is the other thing I was gonna talk about. So we're talking about uh, people that had the experience salty as fuck and then lost their rank. Mm-hmm. Dude, I met, I met a fucking, I met. A private one, an E1, that had four deployments. Damn. <laughs> four, he had four deployments, a bronze star, and two purple hearts. Jesus. <laughs> this guy's not going to fuck. <laughs> no, no. You couldn't tell this man shit, no, bro. No, hell no. Yeah, you couldn't tell this man a fucking thing. Yeah. Like, he, he'd been there and did that, and then he had a terrible set of like life experiences like circumstances that happen. Yeah. And then he just started doing drugs. Oh no. Like and but the the army was just did not know what to fucking do with mm-hmm. them. You know what I mean? Like they they were really trying to like rehabilitate him, but mm-hmm. he was like most of the people that were trying to punish him were like E sixes mm-hmm. and he was an E five promotable when he fell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's an E five promotable when he fell. So these E sixes are talking to him and he's basically like Shut the fuck up, boot. Yeah. You do not talk to me about life. Yeah. You don't talk to about, about shit, you know? And he his first deployment was like 2001. Yeah. And I met him in like 2006. You know Damn, what I mean? Yeah. And he, he was crusty. Fuck yeah. Wait, you're saying, you're saying he was still an E1? Yeah, oh, no, no, no. Oh. He made it. Yeah. He made it to E5, promotable to E6, right? And his life just unwound. But this was after he had had like, uh, I want to say... I th- actually think he. I actually think he made it to E five, got knocked down to E four, and then got knocked down to E two, and oh, then got shit. knocked down to E one. That's yeah. what I think it was because he he was like a stellar soldier, and he yeah. experienced like basically post invasion shit. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like he was there in like two thousand one, two thousand two. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like yeah. Iraq fresh. was pretty fresh <laughs> yeah. when he got there. So he was in that that shit yeah. shit, you know what I mean? Like yeah, that, that shit yeah, shit. Yeah, those guys are like on a whole different level. But like he came out of it. Most respect to he them. He came out of it not all right though, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like yeah, that. Him up, huh? oh, of course. How could it not? You yeah. know what yeah. I mean? Yep. It it really is like one of those things that you have to look at objectively because even though he was fucking up, the army I think they put him out kind of gentle for what they could have done. You know. I'm gonna grab us more James real quick. No worries. All right, Mike. So I know we're burying. I, I know we're burying you in all this military talk oh, shit sorry, that sorry. shit that you uh, can't directly relate to. But being being my closest friend and all the stories you've heard from me already, what do you think when you hear these stories about like day to day life in the military? What does it make you like feel or think? I mean, <clears throat> each each person's story is different, and I try to listen to them, you know, openly. But 
I, I really just can't relate. That's why, like, when I when I introduce you to my friend Chris yeah, Nunez, yeah. like, obviously I can't relate to you two. So when I see you two, like, it, it, it makes me feel good that you guys have each other to relate to and to share that kind of stuff with. Um, I mean, and, and I base my relationship off my friends, you know, on who they are as people. And there's, I have other, there's other people in my life that were in the military that I don't respect, but I respect both of you and all the people that I choose to keep in my life, yeah. you know, so there's yeah. definitely that balance, but like, you know, I just can't really relate because I haven't been there, but I try to just take all the knowledge and experience that you guys share and just kind of, kind of apply it or learn from it, you know? Yeah. We got funny ass stories too, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. You definitely. You guys oh, have yeah. some funny ass <laughs> stories. <too. laughs> you, you, you put people on, you put people on the edge of, of like moral society. <laughs> yep. And then you see how they act when they got downtime. It mm. is a fucking thing to behold. It is truly the art of chaos. Yeah. That might be the name of this podcast. <laughs> art of chaos. They're, the they're, of chaos. Did I ever tell you guys? I just spilled the drink. Oh, oh, I'm not paper. even drunk. <laughs> God damn it, Mike. You can't. You need, you gotta, you you cannot need. be trusted. All, all, all I was going to do was write that down. <laughs> The art of chaos. Hand me that gray uh, rag yeah, on the yeah. stove behind that's, you. Okay, market. That's the first drink that's been spilled <laughs> yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. Hey, gray hey, rag yeah. behind you, please. <laughs> anyway, as I was saying, the art of chaos is, is basically, and please uh, intervene or, or interject here on your experiences in this regard, Aaron, but when you're, when you're out on a fucking fob or even an outpost, you know what I mean, and you're living day to day, a lot of people, a lot of civilians that I meet, they have it in their head that like we go over there and it's just like nonstop bang fight everyday shit. And me and you both know that's not true. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For every combat engagement that I had, there was probably 70 or 80 hours of just dicking around, sitting around, waiting at a fucking TCP, a traffic control point, or an OP, an observation point, just chilling. Well, to be honest with you, on my first appointment, the first half of it, was was like driving around trying to fucking like um, get these Taliban and like shoot at us. It was a quiet deployment basically. We we're looking yeah. for we we're looking for trouble, you know. And then perfect for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, let's go bully some Taliban. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. And then we get um, then we get told that we're going to Sangin, right, in Afghanistan. And they're like, all right, boys, you know, like like make amends with whatever you you know whatever you you know you you've done wrong or whatever and. Make your um, peace. Yeah, make your peace, you know, pray to wherever God you believe in, because this is a bad place, you know. We've already been told that. We're like, yeah, okay, sure, yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. No, we went there, and as, as soon as we got into singing, you know, we pull up, and there's already a, a downed fucking helicopter that just got shot down like a couple of nights before, you know. And and it was just... That's the vibe. Yeah, and it, was, yeah. And, it, and it was straight fucking firefights, like, for, like that, that last half of deployment. Literally, I'm not exaggerating Day in, day out, you know, yeah. like five in the morning, you come around, you know, someone come up, boom, fighting starts again. Yeah. During that fight, during that fighting season, no punches are pulled. No, especially in Afghanistan. I have some experiences there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's that's how it was literally for about like five months. You know, of our deployment was just wow. was just constant. And at first, it was it was like scary to fall asleep because you don't know if like if the IDF, which is indirect fire. Um, you don't know if that's, mortars and rockets. If you don't yeah, know. you don't know if that's like if that's gonna hit you or not. You know, so you're like fucking scared to fall asleep, or if someone's gonna fucking like sneak on the base. And then by like the second, by the first second week, no, second week, 
you're used to it, you know, you're going to sleep to the bombs, you know, you're fucking like going to sleep to gunfire, it's like normal to you, you know. That's true, I can relate to that as but well. But on my second appointment, yeah, my second appointment was a little different. Um, it was, it was, we went to the same place, it was a different kind okay. of warfare though, you know. There was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of IEDs and like a lot less small arms fire, mm -hmm. you know, so, so there wasn't, there wasn't that continuing like day in, day out of fighting, you know. Now they were just like, well, let's just see what happens when they come to find us, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, though, for the the point I was trying to make is that it gets to a point where you're almost like so fucking bored that you wish a motherfucker would. Oh my god! You yes. know, like because it, 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 there was days, especially in Iraq, because a lot of a lot of the operation at the time I was there, we were still kind of consolidating control and then occupying. You know, and an occupying force. You have, like, your SF guys raiding, like, the fucking bomb makers and the weapons caches here and there. But for the most part, we were almost providing, like, law and order. You know, mm -hmm. we were putting traffic control points up. We were setting up OPs. And being a scout, like, the way they look at it at that time was a scout is a job that doesn't exist anymore. Because mm -hmm. in traditional warfare, your job would have been to, like, set up an observation point and then watch, like, uh, enemy tank and, and personnel movements. Mm -hmm. And then using radio relays, send that back to the rear. So you're part of like the intel process. Mm -hmm. So what, now because technology, they don't need that? No, no. Now because we're not fighting an army, we're fighting an insurgency, mm -hmm. right? Wow. And there's not fucking tank movements anymore. Yeah. That's, that's done. There's no more tanks. We fucked them tanks. We fucked every tank they had mm -hmm. up in like the first six, eight weeks of that goddamn engagement when we rolled into Iraq. You know? Oh, yeah. They're gone. There's nothing left yeah. unless someone parked it in their barn or something. <laughs> we did find one or two Very of those. Possible. But, so we would check like low-level intel, and they would use the scouts kind of like what they consider to be intel gathering. They'd be like, okay, well, we got intel, and we need to confirm. We got intel that there's this little village over here mm -hmm. in Missoula area, and they got a little insurgency brewing, and they got a weapons manufacturing spot, and... They'd be like, all right, so you guys are going to roll out as a platoon, dismount like a click away from the fucking city, and then you're just going to go walk through it. And if someone starts shooting at you, then the intel is confirmed. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah. There right. is an insurgency. <laughs> I mean, we did have Bradley support, and if the, if the skies were right, we would have, we'd have some Apache support, which let me tell you, dude, having an Apache over your head, yeah. god damn, Comforting. Dude. Yeah, it's comforting, but it's also terrifying because it's just like if there was ever an Apache that wanted to kill me, <laughs> oh, like there's not a lot you can do, my guy. Yep. You better get you better get in ground deep, you know, like <laughs> damn, or you're gonna get in ground six feet. <laughs> two choice, two choice situation. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. But all that being said, <laughs> I didn't want to make this whole podcast all about our, our shared experiences on deployment, although. For a guy like me and a guy like you, it is an important part of who we are. So I just wanted to establish it as a baseline. But oh, yeah. what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna grab the timeline like like a fucking VHS tape. I'm gonna pull the ribbon back. We're going back in time. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, growing up in San Mateo, right? That's where you mm -hmm. said San Mateo. Yep. Okay. So when you were growing up there, what did your parents do for work? Um. So my mom was my my dad my dad had always tried to to build his painting company or painting business you know ever since I was a kid he was, he was just that 
that that low level painter, you know. Now he has now he's got his own business, you know, which is dope. My mom started off as a um, like as a as a housekeeper, like as a maid, you know. Wow. And then she became like a nanny, and then she studied to like get her like um, her degrees or whatever she needed to become a, a teacher. And so now now nice. she's a teacher. So that's what they were doing oh, cool. while I was growing up, you know. That's really that really so truly right, right is now, the embodiment of the American dream. So now that your like mom really is it is. So now your mom's a teacher currently, and your dad's paint business has yeah. has flourished. Yep. Good, cool, nice. Right awesome. That's what's up, dude. That's what I like to hear. Like, you hear so many fucking negative opinions, like especially among the fucking redneck dumbass motherfuckers mm-hmm. in the country about like immigrants are coming across the borders and taking our jobs. But you know, in my experience, at least, and this, you know, this obviously can vary by experience. All the people I've seen that have immigrated to the United States are the grinders, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, they get after it more than your average fucking trailer living redneck from fucking any part of the country. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and your family is obviously no exception. And I think that it carries on, you know, to the, to the second generation. Although you weren't technically second generation because you were already a kid when you guys mm-hmm. came across. But you know what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. Like, you came, you came from that fucking salt of the earth ready to grind out and take seize, seize control of the American dream, like family. Mm-hmm. And you fucking, you appreciated those opportunities and that fucking, and that quality of life and that hard work that your family taught to you growing up. And you decided, I'm going to fucking go serve my country. Yeah, literally. And for better or worse, we can both agree on that. Mm-hmm. Serving your country, it has its benefits. Yeah. You know, but it also has, it also has a cost. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we both have, we've talked, you know, we don't have to get into it now, but we've talked about our, our personal costs and the things mm-hmm. it's done to us and to our emotional states. But I think one of the things I most enjoy about you is similar to me, like your conclusion, you landed on love. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like after all that, after all that war, the blood, all that shit, yeah. you landed on love and I did too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like for me, I, I got a lot of broken and twisted motherfuckings brothers that i served with mm-hmm. that they couldn't come out of, back out of it right yeah, you know and it's not to say you haven't struggled or i haven't struggled what i'm saying is like when you land on love it's easy easier to transition out of that yeah you know so that being said did you have any issues in your transition i know it's a difference because i spent so much longer in no yeah the transition from a marine to like a civilian was one of the hardest times that no, I've ever... No, 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 no. I was talking about the sex change. <laughs> oh, okay. No, that was easy. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> yeah, no, that was easy, man. <laughs> I didn't have to do shit. <laughs> um, no, yeah, it, it was difficult, you know. I thought I, I thought I had it all together, you know. Like, I couldn't wait to get out of the Marines. I couldn't wait to go back home, you know. And, like, I thought that I thought the PTSD was fucking just bullshit. Like, you're, you're a pussy if you get PTSD, you know. Mm. And I didn't actually start, like... Um, feeling symptoms of that until like like two three years after i left the marines mm-hmm. and um yeah no it was tough and i didn't have anybody to like talk to or anyone to hang out with especially in your own family not having yeah. any shared experience yeah with they, didn't, they didn't get me at all yeah. you know and and a lot of my friends that i had from high school they had already moved out of the bay area yeah you know? like harley yeah like and, harley yeah, <laughs> yeah and they were me. doing normal human shit yeah. while you were fucking yeah while you're bathing in blood <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. so um, and so I started thinking, and I was like, there, ha- there has to be other other fucking veterans out here that that feel alone too, you know? Like I have to fuck. There has to be somebody out here. So I decided to to go out and 
go to bars and get drunk and, and see if I can meet other <laughs> veterans, you know? That, That's how like, we know that, each other. It's yeah. actually not a bad strategy. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> You're going to find a couple eventually. Yeah, yeah. And, so and, cool. and I did, man. I, I, found, I found a couple of veterans and we started and we started just, like, you know, getting together every weekend. And, you know, we, we got drunk. That was our therapy, to be honest. Of but, course, yeah. yeah. But, it, but it worked, you know? Like, it, it can worked work. For us. You know? It worked. For, and that, I'm not saying you should do that, you know, long term. But, like, it helped us in the beginning. Right, you right. You know, because we had... We, that was our only channel of yeah, like getting yeah. this shit off of us and it started growing you know into like you know from three fucking veterans it grew into like fucking 10 15 veterans next thing you know like we had fucking over 200 veterans that and then we started organizing like these events for veterans you know and i ended up um starting this um nonprofit in the oh, bay shit. area called america's vets you know and i had a whole 501c and we started these hikes in San Francisco. What's a five hundred one c? That's a tax exemption for oh, gotcha. okay. for a nonprofit. non-profit. non-profit. Yeah. Okay. yeah, and so you were legit. Yeah, we're legit. Does it know? still exist? Um, no, we haven't we haven't, we haven't paid our, our our fucking our dues or our mm-hmm. fees and all mm-hmm. that shit. We, uh, that's, it that's just kind of lapsed. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it could. But you, you could did do it something again. with it, and it was it did exist for a minute. Yeah. and it did something for a good amount of people. Yeah, and, yeah. We, and we created this hike in San Francisco, um, and it was like a. It was like a, it was probably like two hundred and something fucking veterans from all corners of the Bay Area. That's very wow. legit. And there was, and then we had, because um, I was working very closely with the American Legion, you know, and a lot of like fucking, um, like like the fire departments and stuff. So we had them like like back us up. Yeah. And they 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 showed up with like their motorcycles and like escorted us for a little bit of the way. And nice. we had our huge like all of our fucking Marine flags, you know. It was cool. I have pictures of it on, on Facebook. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll post that. Multiple yeah. multiple <laughs> multiple large boxes of crayons were consumed. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, 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 yeah. Straight up. So uh, so many so many. Navy buttholes were pillaged. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was crazy, too, that, that first hike that we started. Um, fuck, man. We, we, like, we all busted out, out of our, our, our rucks, our backpacks and shit, just bottles of fucking Jack Daniels. And we started hydrating <laughs> with that before our fucking hike. Oh, and shit. the hike was about 12.5 miles across San Francisco. <laughs> that, that'll break. That will, just to clarify, most people don't understand when you say that. Like, being a fellow veteran, I understand 12 miles with, like, let's just say 10 pounds on your back, mm-hmm. that would probably break most civilians, you know. You know what I mean? But you throw, you throw a 40, 50, 60, 75-pound ruck on your back, that separates, that separates the fucking warriors from the children. Like, that's a difference. A lot of people don't understand what that means if they mm-hmm. haven't ever done it. You know what I mean? 12 miles... Isn't a lot if you're going on a walk, and mm-hmm. to some people maybe that is a lot. Yeah. But rucking is like the most masochistic thing that veterans do to themselves. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. because you're forced to do it when you're in. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have a fucking choice. You wake up one morning and that's what's on the fucking command schedule. Guess yep. what you're fucking doing? Yep. I don't care how you feel. If you don't have like a legitimate flu, mm-hmm. if you don't have a legitimate broken bone, mm. yeah. you're gonna put like, fucking sixty. Good. You're <laughs> yeah. gonna put sixty pounds on your back and you're gonna walk twelve miles. Oh, and sometimes it's twenty. Mm-hmm. And and the terrain is critical on that. Yeah. 
But I just want to say that. So for yeah. The so that being that being said, San Francisco. You said San Francisco. San Francisco, bro. It's hilly. Up and down. It's hilly, yeah. Yeah. We had one of my homies that was in a wheelchair, bro. <laughs> and so somebody like, had to push him. Yeah, like I, I a hell of people had to push him, dude. I'd have kept, I'd have kept hazing him, dude. I'd have been like, Let's go, bitch. <laughs> bro, the thing with him though, like he was actually Charlie's like, over the wall. Like, Let's he, go. He, he was a combat veteran too, you know, and yeah. they called him the Alpha Stabber, you know, because like he fucking like he got into a fight one of his seniors because one of his seniors was like fucking talking shit to him, and he just stabbed him. Yep, got kicked out. <laughs> sometimes though, sometimes. Karma though, he's in a wheelchair now. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I mean, I I reserve knifing. I, I reserve knifing for a good cause, you know, just yeah. as a person. Like, if I get that'd be a good T-shirt, knifing for the cause. <laughs> <laughs> that would be actually pretty dope. I don't know exactly what the uh, Marine combat badge looks like, but the the Army. Uh, cab combat action badge for non-infantry. Mm-hmm. It's just like a fucking K-bar knife. Oh, wow. with a with a fucking wreath. Mm. You know, yeah, like, no, the marine one is literally just a ribbon. It's it's blue, yellow, and red. That, that's that's it. That's like the most important. Ribbon. So it's just a ribbon. You guys don't get like badges. No, you, you guys don't, get, don't do don't, badges like we do. No, huh? we have medals and then we have ribbons, but yeah. not every medal, not every ribbon that you get is a medal. Yeah, no, no, I get that part. Yeah, but for us, we got like badges, like. Yeah. Uh, when I went to air assault school and subsequently became like an air assault instructor, mm-hmm. I got an air assault badge right mm-hmm. on top of the cab. Yeah, and then, dope. like, if you go airborne, you get an airborne badge. Yeah. And if you get, if you, if yeah, you, we, we have that, we have the also. Awesome. I, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 So if yeah, if you get skill, your, they're called skill tabs. Yeah. So you have like little called, scuba yeah. bubbles if, if you're certified in, in scuba. And you I, get bet, your, I bet. I <laughs> bet. That's, that's just eating 10 marine asses. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, bro. Fucking. <laughs> Did you do scuba? No, I know oh, I didn't. Oh. No, but <laughs> no. but I know I know there's those there's those uh, other like jobs within yeah. the Marines mm-hmm. that you can like specialize in where you do get those badges. Yeah, yeah. You know, like if you jump out of planes, you know, you get the you get your air wings. Right. They don't they don't really give those to just regular grunt Marines mm-hmm. because it's just pointless to spend that much money on metal when you're just gonna force them down a machine gun nut's throat. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, man. Fuck yeah, my guy, dude. This is a good conversation. I'm glad you finally. Came into the studio. Uh, there's gonna be some fucking changes in decor soon, and I, mm. I look forward to making this place just a real. I hooked him up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I bought a bunch of art. I showed him. I showed him the whole tour, dude. I showed him the whole tour. So one of the shout things... out to Mike because he he just raided a model home. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna throw away. Well, this one art. of the things about my job is like I work with a, a new home builder. So when they sell one of the model homes, like mm-hmm. anybody's ever been to a model home, you know, it's already decorated with furniture and art and mm-hmm. stuff. Well, the, the floor plans out in Fallon are all single stories, and they're hella wide, a real big floor plan. So all the, all the art that was on the wall, as you can see right there, yeah. is really Huge. big art. And the studio here has a lot of big walls. Yeah. So um, I don't know, the one, two, three, four, five, six. There's like six or seven huge pieces of art that I, yeah. I, I yeah. came up on for Jeremy here in his studio. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I know they, they look dope, man. Yeah, cool. yeah it's they gonna fit be good. Well. Yeah, I gotta get some. I gotta get some hanging wire for those big thick frame ones. Mm-hmm. But it's gonna be a nice addition, and then we'll we'll also uh, we'll also po- post up pictures as as we finish the space. And that reminds me to do a shameless plug. If you guys are liking what you're hearing, just go ahead and fucking follow us on Instagram, unlicensed and unhinged. We we have a page there, and then. By all means, if you're listening this far into a podcast, go ahead and fucking follow us on Spotify. And just do it, dude. Like, we're going to be sitting out here having these conversations. And if you're one of our friends in the friendship circle, you're going to end up sitting in this seat. So you might as well listen to it now to get an idea of what you're in for. That being said, 
We've now reached like the 48 minute mark. Oh, really? And I think it's a perfect time for us all to take a piss, maybe, maybe smoke. Maybe a smoke break. Oh, yeah. Thank smoke. you. I thought you'd never and so <laughs> That being said. Jerry Lago. And we're back. All right. So uh, before this episode, we covered uh, Aaron's early life. Or sorry, before this episode, before this break. <laughs> and a uh, word from our sponsor we talked about aaron's early life we talked about his military history and our connection through that but what i'd like to do now is get into the journey that brought us together how did you find yourself in reno at first and what made you stay gotcha so i had been wanting to leave the bay area i didn't want to be stuck there which i was you know um my rent there had just increased from like like $1,300 for a two-bedroom to like $3,000 over I, I, over six months. In yeah. six Holy months? Shit. Yeah. That's fucking crazy, dude. Yep. Which I'd, just, I'd that, be trying to fight somebody. Which explains why a lot of people are here now. Right. Yeah, no, but that's not what brought me here. What brought me here was, was a girl. Oh, of course. <laughs> God know. damn it. How do I know? <laughs> Literally lasted one day. <laughs> I moved here. And so, wait, 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 wait. You moved here for a girl. Yep. And you guys were together for a total of one day. Oh well, we were, we were together for like a couple months after that. But what started was the the, the fucking next day after we moved in together. You My know? God. She's, Let's she's, get into it, bro. Let's like, talk about it. She's like, um, you know, after we were fucking, you know, she's like her head on my chest and she's like, you know, doing this whole thing, you know, scratching my chest. She's like. <laughs> Can I ask you something? Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, sure. No! <laughs> so, yeah, sure, babe. What is it? You know, and this is, what, this is when I learned never to be honest. <laughs> or too honest, you know. She's like, have you ever cheated on me? Oh, shit. And, and, and the truth is I, I had, but it was like in the very beginning of our relationship, you know. Like, does that count to you? It doesn't. Like, um, if you're in the stage of just talking. Like, here, let's, let's differentiate this correctly. If you're fucking with a girl, right? And you hook up with somebody else. To me, that's different than if you're like, hey, let's make a go of it. Let's be yeah, a couple. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you fuck somebody else. Yeah. What was this in that case? So me and her, her and I had been talking for like over a year. Um, and she came to visit me in the Bay Area like in October 2018. That's would be my girlfriend, all cute and shit. You know? <laughs> And then, like, gay, <laughs> right? Two days after she had fucking like went back to Reno, I got to the bars with the boys, and I ran into this girl from high school I knew, and she's like, "Oh my God, Aaron!" Um, she's like, "I've had the biggest crush on you. I've always wanted to bone you." <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Let's go. Verbatim, verbatim, <laughs> verbatim. Yeah, she said, "I've always wanted to bone you." Me, 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 me. Okay, I was like, well, you know, and I, I didn't go through with it, you know, but but she did lean in and kiss me, and I and I did kind of kiss her back, you know, and that was it. That was that. That's was, not cheating. Yeah, <laughs> but to her it was, you yeah, know, yeah, and yeah. like you know, I broke her trust and blah blah, and it just started all kinds of fucking problems for us. But yeah, she ended up moving. Credit to you though for answering that question honestly, because well, you didn't have to. I didn't want like, to start a relationship lying, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you do that, it's always doomed. Yeah, you know. You know I was like, I want to, I want to do it different this time. <laughs> <laughs> for yeah. once, goddammit. Yeah. And so you know, like then, then she started being shady, and I started being shady, dude, and like, you know, she just fucking ended up leaving me, and I, I, I was by myself in Reno at, at the house that I rented, you know, by myself. 
Um, and was this the house I met you at? Or yeah, one? on Locust. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember the Locust. Man. I remember <laughs> yeah. that house. We did yeah, some yeah, good yeah. rat <laughs> shit there, dude. It was, it was fun, man. But, yeah, I stayed there by myself, dude. And, like, the thing that sucked was I had nobody to fucking, like, hang out with or talk to, you know, because all my friends, like, if I was ever in a situation where I'm depressed or whatever, at least in the Bay Area, my friends are just fucking a couple minutes away. They'll just come hang out, you bring some beers over, and we'll just, you know, fucking barbecue, drink, and just, you know. Yeah, just wipe away the sorrow. Yeah, 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 yeah you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here, I had nobody. You're lonely. Yeah. yeah, bro. I've been there. I've been there in a lot of places, too, though. And the good thing about where I was living at was I was on, like, a fucking seven-minute walk away from Shays. <laughs> oh, shit. So was, God damn, that's a problem. Dude, so I was always at Shays, you know, and I started meeting friends there, and, then, I mean, I mean, and obviously ended up meeting some fucking piece-of-shit friends there, <laughs> you yeah. know. But that's that's kind of what brought me here. and, and Jeremy included. <laughs> just I, we didn't meet that shit. No, so I'm just making that joke. <laughs> but yeah, no, I met 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 some met some friends. Um, the whole experience, man, was was just fucking weird. Um, then I then I started then I then I met another friend who introduced me to everybody in in our little fucking circle of friends, yeah, our right, little right. family, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember I met them at La Haunted. Uh, one oh, nice. summer. Oh, was yeah. that that? Was that that yeah, week? No. Yeah, that's what. Oh, you guys gotta, you guys gotta talk about. That was a. Hey, that that was the weekend that my my youngest brother did acid for the first time. Yeah, he did it a lot, dude. He did, yeah, he yeah, did a and, bunch. And I kept telling him, I was like, "Do you just need one, man?" He's like, "Nah, I don't know, man. I don't feel anything." And I was like, "Dude, oh, I was like, that's, oh. a, that's a mistake." I was like, dude. I was, I'm telling you, man. He's like, I'm like, okay. All right, all right. <laughs> so let's let's talk about this Lahontan story. Let's let's hear it from Mike Gaddy first, and then I'll hear. Uh, the perspective of, of Aaron second. Let's go. So it was a weekend at the lake. I mean, you know, we had a few friends. Some friends had campers. We were out there just hanging out, partying. Joe and Ben, my, my two youngest brothers, brothers, both both came out. Joe, like I said, did acid for the first time. Um, and then Ben was there. And some other people, like the, the couple, like, things of significance from this trip for me was, one, Joe doing his first acid trip. And Brady was there to guide him through it. Bless his heart. Love him. R.I.P. Rest um, in peace, Brady. And that's a perfect person to be with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So in, in, in a few of a lot of I mean, a lot of our good friends in our close <laughs> circle were there. And then Ben was there. And then there was a camp, right? Like, I don't know if they were next to us or whatever, but there was these a dude and a chick there, like just being out of pocket. Well, hold on. So, so I was recommend. <laughs> so yeah, they were actually my friends that, oh, was I- <laughs> that had came from the Bay Area, right? Okay. And Acting out of pocket, Bay Area people. You yeah. don't say <laughs> no, no shit. No, straight out there. And but I mean, I didn't, I didn't think they were gonna come, you know, because so they were they, so so it was it was my little boy, my little boy, my my boy little, little Johnny, you know, and his his girl, and another friend, you know, they were they were they were on their way to Reno, and I was like, well, I'm not in Reno, man. I was like, I'm in I'm at this lake party thing. If you guys want to come through over here. Well, they ended up getting pulled over on the way oh, shit. to us, you know, and um, the driver gets fucking arrested for DUI. And so now, so now Johnny and fucking his girlfriend are like stranded out there. Oh, okay. And try, trying to get me to pick them up. But Is this Johnny, Johnny? No, no. no you, different Johnny. You don't know no, 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 Yeah, no, no, he's, no, no, he's no, from no. the Bay Area. Um, and, you know, I was like, there's, there's no way I can come out and get you, bro. I was like, I'm on acid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on acid. I was like, my phone's about to die, dude. I was like, I don't know. But somehow they ended up getting a taxi, like, somewhere nearby. And we went to go pick them up with some, some guy that had a Jeep. You know, and they came nice. through. You know, they had a big old bottle of Jameson. You know, they're, they're, they're a good time. You know, but they were just fucking being really toxic that night together for some reason. And, and yeah, I, I guess they started being hell out of pocket. And I think he like he put his hands on her or something, and everyone started jumping on on him, you know, kicking him out. And this whole time I'm like, fuck, dude, like, 
What the fuck? You're like, are you I brought doing? them. <laughs> yeah, no, but like, yeah, and I didn't own up to it, to be honest, because I was like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't, I didn't ask them to come like, like that, you know? I was just yeah, like, yeah. well, plus, technically, they asked you to come. Yeah. How can you ever predict when it's going to be the people you brought are going to act wild? Did you I know, know you yet? I don't think I knew you. No, yet. so the Lahontan story predates me and Mike's friendship Saga by like a couple of weeks. Right. A couple of weeks. You know what I mean? And also, similarly, I didn't meet you until I met you through Ben Gaddy. Yeah. And that was probably a couple, uh, half a month after that. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? We're talking like late 2019. Summer of 2019 is what I would say. Yeah. Does that sound right yeah, to you yeah, guys? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how time flies. Damn, that's crazy. That's nuts, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a fun, it was a fun trip. Dude. I, had, I had a good time. I know. It was, it was, yeah, it was great, man. So um, let's, let's bring that back in. What happened? So what happened with all this chaos? And uh, let's go back to Mike from his perspective. So I ba- basically like... It was early morning. We're partying all night into the sunrise as we normally do with our group. And I was fishing. I was, I was, I was waiting in the water, and I had my GoPro recording. And uh, I heard some commotion, some scuffling going on up at the beach. I was, like, you know, waist deep in the water mm-hmm. as the sunrise was coming up. And I heard some scuffling going on. And come to find out later, like I said, he was doing something with her, and it was not right. And, and my brother Ben wasn't about it. And, and got involved, and he body slammed the dude. Oh, and, then the, and then the dude wanted uh, the chick. The chick. For posterity, at that time, Ben kind of had a short fuse. Let's, well, just, well, let's yeah. just say that. I remember like, during, that, during that time, really, him and I had just met, and we were talking about, um, I forget what kind of flipping it is. Is it Jedi flipping when you do molly and acid? Hippie flipping? Hippie flipping. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so yeah, he yeah. knew where to get the no, molly. No, 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 no. Hippie flipping is shrooms and acid. Let's see. So candy flipping, maybe? Candy, candy flipping, flipping is Molly and, and acid. Yes. Yeah, right. I just want to clarify to make sure this is, this might be an unlicensed and unhinged podcast, but it should always be, to the best of our ability, a factual podcast. Right. Right. Continue, gentlemen. No, and so yeah, she's so like, he's like, well, fuck. He's like, I know where to get the Molly. I was like, I know where to get the acid. I was like, all right, let's go and let's meet up here in five minutes, you know. So on our on our way, you know, to go find these fucking drugs, you know, that the whole thing starts like it breaks up right in front of us, you know. And I get punched in the face just walking through, you know. He gets punched, and I'm like, and I grab him. I was like, dude, I was like, focus. I was like, the mission. I was like, Molly. He's like, oh yeah, Molly. <laughs> and I go find acid, dude, and yeah, that's 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 about. What I remember from my yeah. perspective as it happened. You know, and that, that's one thing I've always respected about you, Aaron. Our circle of friends, we've had beefs and drama, and, and we don't have to get into all those details. But, you know, like, I've always managed to stay neutral in the best way that I could, which was to, like, support both sides and to, like, bring peace, to be a peacekeeper, you know. And our, our parallel circles have run afoul of each other more than once, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. That might have been the first one. But, you know, I just... I'm glad to see now that you're not surrounded by fucking snakes mm-hmm. oh, because man. that caused a lot of problems at one point. And yeah. that, that's part of coming out of the military, though, that I've noticed is it's like once upon a time, a couple of representatives from the Hells Angels organization, when they mm-hmm. found out about me and who I was and I started bullshitting and hanging out and partying with them, they, they full court press me mm-hmm. and a guy like me with the experience i have mm-hmm. we're always looking for a brotherhood mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. we're always looking for that connectivity yeah. that we left when mm-hmm. we walked away from the military and you know it's a dangerous combination mm-hmm. how many veterans have fallen afoul mm-hmm. and ended up attached to criminal organizations that don't 
treat them like family. That yeah. don't give a fuck about them. They just look at them as a weapon. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's important for anyone listening to avoid if you're in that position. You know, and I, I'm not going to dig into the details of your share. And we talk about it at, at endlessly, you mm-hmm. and I. But it's good to see you got a healthier circle of friends now. My dad was a, a savage. I mean, he still is, but like growing up, he was, and like before I was born and our brother's born, he was pretty nuts. And they, uh, the, from the stories that I hear of my parents yeah. growing up, they tried to recruit him too, Shit. just because he was so crazy, yeah. you know? Damn, yeah, your yeah. dad is badass. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I, I met him one other time, but wasn't he until is this last time. But he is a man. He Did you really get to talk to him on my yeah. birthday? Yeah. yeah. Nice. And then in the morning after too. Right, right. <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> Aaron. Once Aaron, we found out about the broken window. <laughs> right, right. Oh, God. And yeah, you and Adrian were there, and you guys were helping clean up. Like when yeah. I came back outside to help clean up, like you guys had everything picked up. So I was grateful for that. Man. We yeah, did it. We sure. did it like a once over, is what mm-hmm. I call it. And my dad pays I mean? attention too. Like yeah. the fact yeah. that you guys did help clean up after yeah. that, after that, after my birthday yeah. party, that was. That was yeah. Awesome. Well, it Steve, which is get the Mike's father's name. He, he's a man that pays attention, you know, mm-hmm. and when I first met him and when I first met the Gaddy family, like I was told afterwards that mom and dad both were like, y- you guys hang on to him. And it, it's the same shit. It was because we all hung out together and then Steve comes out and I'm cleaning up, you mm-hmm. know, I'm putting mm-hmm. garbage away. That shit matters, you know what I mean? Like, because yeah, it was another birthday barbecue. A yeah, few it was. Years a, it was basically a mirror image, but 2019. Right. And that's, when I, I and that's when I met you. You guys had yeah, the bonfire out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah so, I think so. that's when Ben introduced mm-hmm. us. Right after that party, um, I think it was like maybe that week or a few days later or whatever. Uh, my dad would ask me a couple questions about you, Jeremy, and he he said he he stopped me and was like, "Keep that guy around. Keep him around. Hey, that's a good guy. That's a good dude." Yeah, straight up. Well, I'm a good dude by choice, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because I've been a bad dude before. Mm-hmm. And I've been a bad dude so much in my life that, like, now I feel like I have a debt to pay. Mm-hmm. And I, I pay that debt, and I, and I realize that debt day in and day out. You know, like, whether it's a weight on my soul or whether it's a, a desire to, like, try to neutralize some of the bad that I've done. Every day I wake up. And I try to do good for me. I try to do good for my daughter, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I also try to build everybody around me the best way I can. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to be your guru. I can't tell you how to live your life. I can't tell you shit. But what I can do is I can hold the people that I love and I keep close in my circle. I can hold them responsible. I could develop them. I could give them all the lessons I have to give while taking every lesson from that individual. Some of those lessons are what I should do. And some of those lessons are what I should not do, you know, but that doesn't make me like abandon a person. I'm the kind of guy where like, I just want all my brothers out here with me to live good. You know what I mean? To do better, to be safe, to grow. And that, that was a part of what your family liked about me is my message is always like, what are we doing with real estate? What are we do? What are we doing with the money and the things that we're doing? Cause I'm more guilty than anybody. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm the type of guy, I'll spend more money than I have because I know I keep making money. And, you know, like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, like, no I'm out here it. for the good time, not a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the surface, right? Yeah. But I made certain decisions earlier in my life that did set me up for success. Mm-hmm. To set me up to not fucking toil until my fucking body falls apart like my parents did. Mm-hmm. And like your parents mm-hmm. are doing mm-hmm. still to this day, right? Yep. You know what I mean? Like... 
You, your dad and mom got to be like late 50s, early 60s, right? They're like mid 50s. Yeah. Thank you very much. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I forgot, I, forgot, I forgot the way Latinos do it. It's a yeah, little bit different. They start young. Yeah, they start a little bit younger. But that's fine, though. That's good. But you get what I'm saying, yeah. though. Yeah. Like, both, my mom, for sure, is going to work until she dies. You know what I mean? <coughs> and my dad, he, gri- <coughs> he grinded so hard for so long. But his, his partner... You know, she inherited some money. So, like, they're okay now. But my dad was on death's door when that mm-hmm. happened. You know what I mean? Like, he ran himself into the fucking ground. Had all these medical issues and shit. And he, he's the type of guy who never went to the fucking doctor because I got work tomorrow. That's, that's you know what I mean? That's literally my dad. Yeah. And that's what we all got to try to build upon. We got to take those gifts that our fucking forebears bestowed upon us. And we got to turn them into fucking gold because mm-hmm. we're the last generation that has the choice. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I think. I think that 50 years from now, you, everybody's going to be owned by the government. And if you don't got shit, you don't got shit. And that's where it's going to stay. It's going to go back to a class sy- system, you know, like mm-hmm. a lot of feudal countries relied mm-hmm. upon, you know, like be it Japan, be it India, be it fucking the European countries as they formulated. So it's all about, for me, the people I keep in my circle, the people I keep close are the motherfuckers that got grind. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like if you're my homie, I got you regardless. But if you're asking me for money and you're fucking trying to ride my wave all the time, like you're dead weight. You know what I'm saying? The people I keep in in, in, closest in my self-esteem are those that like, they're never going to ask me for money. You know what I mean? They're going to they're gonna be in a situation, something goes wrong, I'm, I'll volunteer it. Like, I got my, I got my boys back. You know what I mean? But like, not as a crutch. Like tonight, you asked me if I needed a ride here because both my vehicles are broke down, but I have yeah. a motorcycle. And I'm like, no, nah, I'll, I'll figure I'll get there. I'm good. No. <laughs> bro, bro, I hope you don't. I think you're going to be safe because there's rubber. But I was just worried about you getting struck by lightning straight up. Oh, earlier, dude, yeah. Earlier, the lightning strikes were fucking were popping they? off. Yeah. 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 They're popping off. I, I, when I did my tweaker, when I did my tweaker <laughs> patrol, <laughs> I was up on my roof for a little bit. I saw all this lightning popping off all out in, like, yeah. Sun Valley and, like, down, down into, like, Sparks, uh, fucking Spanish Springs area. And I was like, she. Yeah, the, light, the, light, <laughs> the, lightning, the lightning and thunder was going off, like, basically since noon on. And today I was working up in Lemon Valley, North Valleys, and I went from Lemon Valley to Sparks downtown, then, then come, coming down. So, yeah, I can see that. But, yeah, no, my dad was, um, he was telling us about, like I said, the, the things that you were telling us and the messages that were coming across. Yeah. He was like, keep that guy around, you know, because of the shit he's talking about. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be, like, I got cult leader energy. You know what I mean? I do. I do. <laughs> to be honest, same. Yeah. Same, yeah, yeah. same, man. But like, at the same time, it's like. like start a cult together, dude. Having, having that. For the having cult. That, <laughs> <laughs> he writes. But, like, but having that persona, like, as a, like, as a, a innate characteristic is a responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I could use that power for good or I could use that power for evil. So this is what I do. I, I do I, I encapsulate all the shit that I've done that went right and all the decisions that I made that were correct 
And I, I take that as the curriculum that I expose the people in my life to. You know what I mean? Like, this is how you could not fuck up. This is how you could do the right thing. But the other side of that is, you know, like, you'll meet a guy that will tell you all this wonderful shit and how you could do it. But they're, they're usually not ever going to be fucking honest and vulnerable about their faults. And that's where, that's where I'm trying to be different. Because I start with my faults. I start with the shit about me that is fucked up and, and the mistakes that I made and all the pain I've caused and all the d bad shit I've done. I start there, right? I do that as a filter. Like, if people still want to fuck with me after they found out about the, the demon. The worst parts about you. Yeah, the demon that I once was. You know what I mean? If you still want to fuck with me, like, you made it, you made it through the filter. So to right? add to that, like, the reason I have the job that I have today it's through a connection through Jeremy, and the conversation was, we were, us three, the mutual, Matt was having a conversation, and, and we were talking about some crazy shit, and he goes, man, it must be hard to be Jeremy's friend, right? And I was like, yeah, it is. <laughs> it definitely <laughs> I was, is. I was like, but, you know, it's also very rewarding. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, oh, that's a, that's a positive way to look at it. That's <laughs> a positive way to look you, at you'd it. Be, you'd be good at what we do, and long, long story short, now Damn. I do what he does, yeah. That's fucking dope. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, like uh, Matt's another individual we're going to have on this podcast, uh, you know, in the near future. But that being said, it's not like for me, it's not about ego because I got enough of that as it is. You know, you guys know I'd fucking be flexing well, you got every, to, every day. Every, <laughs> like, like, first off, I'm gorgeous. Second off, <laughs> second off, I make baller money. Third off. I killed a whole bunch of people, so try me. Check, check, check. You know, like, yeah, so not, try not, me. not a lot of people have that but, checklist. But at the, end of the, at the end of the day, I'm still not shit. I'm still not shit if all of those characteristics of myself are built on the backs of other people and not my own innate talent and ability, right? If I have that, check, right? The next step is, what the fuck are you doing with it? For every talented amazing person on this planet if you are not trying to make a million offshoots of your own fucking swag you are not shit you're a piece of shit mm -hmm. you're a fucking gatekeeper you're holding the shit in if i learn a trick to live better and i don't share it with my people i'm a piece of shit you're not a leader and you're not a fucking person that loves their homies their their, their homies their family mm -hmm. their their tribe that's how i look at it I'm on a rant now, so just let me let me step back from that. My friend Tori thought it was cute that I call you guys my tribe. <laughs> oh, she's like, that's cute. Yeah, that's real cute. cute. <laughs> yeah. Hell little funny. Hell funny. I was like, that's my tribe. It's my tribe, bitch. <laughs> I, was like, well, I was like, well, they are. <laughs> when, we did, when we did security at Great Awakening, what were the two people that we met there? Uh, Shannon and... Oh, Seth and Shannon? Seth, yeah. yeah. So uh, Seth, my favorite people. Oh my yeah. God, so okay. when I first met Seth, I was referring to my tribe, and he, like he kind of gave me a little bit of side. Because he's Native American. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, fuck he's like, no. wait a minute, you're not Native American. <laughs> yeah. But you know, at the same time, like me and Seth are homies, oh, and yeah. he understands what I'm talking about now. Yeah. Because like, I look at I look at life, whether it's your tribe or whether it's your family, right? You got your found tribe or your found family. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, depending on where you came up and, and the people you came up with, like sometimes your found culture is better for you than your born culture. Oh, for you know sure. what I'm saying? Like 
I came up in a family of fucking chaos, dude. And we, you guys both know, we mm. talked about this many times before, right? Yep. Yep. I grew up, I grew up in, in violence and fucking fear and concern and worry and insecurity, you know? And everything I've built since then has been about filtering that bullshit out of my life, you know? Like, I love everybody in my family. What you've always... done, what you've done a great job of. Like, we've talked a couple times when we're out and about. Like, remember when we, those dudes, like, thought they were going to rob us and we were out getting a drink early, early morning? Oh, I mean, I like, probably threatened some butt sex. They, yeah. they, thought, they thought they were going to rob you? Yeah, they, <laughs> they thought they were going to rob me specifically. The, the chick that was with them came up to Jeremy and was like, hey, these guys are going to rob you guys. And Jeremy was like, nah. And because he's like, he, who he is now is not some violent, crazy. Well, 25 year old Jeremy would have just walked up and started stabbing people yeah. or but, shot somebody. But now, you, now you, you say know? some crazy shit to Jeremy, he just smiles. Come rob me then. Come on, Robert the robber, let's go. <laughs> you make it gay uncomfortable for him. <laughs> rob me, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Pillage my village, you <laughs> spread your ass cheeks. Oh, hell no. Pillage my village. <laughs> Try it. Do it. Do it. Dude. But I honestly talked him down out of it because, like, you, I out crazy the crazy. Mm. I was just like, listen now. I heard you thought I was a worthy person to rob. First <laughs> off, thank you for the compliment. I do be trying to flex. <laughs> <laughs> Secondly, how tight is your anus? <laughs> and the man's looking at me like, what? <laughs> I don't know, tight? <laughs> I was like, I bet it's rich. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, rich. Threw that word in there, yeah, like hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> and this dude is like, the fuck? I was like, I just, I heard through the grapevine you thought I was a mark. And I just wanted to let you know. I do have a lot of money, but if you try to rob me, you're not going to get money from me. <laughs> it had something to do with you, the bar stool, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, I told, I told him I was going to break both of his arms <laughs> and fuck his mouth till the cops pulled me out of it. <laughs> and I think I've used that like. Two or three times now. Mm. It does seem to be effective to stop a guy and make him think. It's Jeremy's delivery, too, because yeah. he's so calm and collect yeah. about it. When the fuck you the cops come? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's it's not about being, like, Plot the twist. hardest motherfucker. They're coming, too. <laughs> until the cops come. Until the cops see you in. <laughs> Stand back! Stand back, you motherfuckers! Anyone comes any closer without an orgasm, I kill everybody! <laughs> Anyone comes any closer... <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna fuck you till the cops come too. <laughs> it's not about me trying to be tough though. Although on some level it kind of is. What it is for me is it's like these people that are desperate and they're in these situations. You do not know who the fuck you are fucking with, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying I'm a badass. Like if you run up and fucking start cutting me with a knife, I'm gonna bleed everywhere. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? But what you should be worried about is how much I've already experienced mm -hmm. in combat and in life and in trauma in my early adulthood. You, you put a little blood out of my body is not by any means 
gonna slow down the demon that's inside of me. Mm-hmm. You know, I think fact, what throws people off is they'll say something threatening to Jeremy because he he's not scary looking. I don't I guess, look from scary, a distance. dude. I'm a sweetheart. Dude. You know, I look like I look and he's like having I'm fun. seventeen. I don't know. He's having fun with his friends. <laughs> I look at it differently. I think you do look scary, but maybe that's because I know what you're capable. You're capable of. Right? of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. Well, well, for you it's different, right? Because we've we've exchanged our military yeah. histories, and you know it, what though. I am. You know what I am. Like if I, I don't, if I've never seen you in my life, yeah. I mean, I, I've also learned never to underestimate somebody. Sure, yeah, yeah and you have that, yeah, but yeah. but some idiot, but yeah, not, not some tall dude, bald head, tattoos, you know. No, I'm right, not, right, I'm right, not right. shredded. <laughs> you but, know, so but so imagine this: it was at a flowing tide, and this group of three dudes, their girl walks up to our little group and says, "These guys are gonna rob you," and then they walk up to him and say the crazy shit, and it doesn't phase him at all, mm-hmm. you know. And then and then that's what throws them off is yeah. that he says some crazy shit, but he's smiling. <laughs> He's not phased. Yeah. Well, I it's mean, like he wants us to rob yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, it's funny. Is like, I don't carry cash, bitch. Yeah. Then what Bro, you I got a debit take, card. Take my you debit think card. you're going to torture me? What are you going to do, bitch? Yeah, like, yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? Like, even then, if you don't think I got a blade or a firearm... Or a fucking plan everywhere that I am all the time. You, you're a fucking idiot, dude. Like, I don't walk around this world making trouble, right? But I walk around this world like trouble is in the making. Mm-hmm. It's in the mix. It mm-hmm. always is. I always have a plan to escape every room. And I always have a plan to kill everybody in the room. <laughs> As the great devil Gen- dog General, yeah, General Mattis, Mattis said, said yeah. once upon a time. Yep. You know? I, I got both. Yep. I got both every day, all day. They asked him one time, they're like, uh, what keeps you up at night, uh, General? And he's like, uh, nothing keeps me up at night. I keep them up at night. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. He said that. Yeah. <laughs> or like this other dope-ass fucking Marine Corps, real quick. Yeah. Uh, they, they asked this, this Marine uh, sniper in Iraq. They're like, um, so what do you feel when you, when, you, when you pull that trigger and you kill somebody? Uh, recoil, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah, recoil. Mark, that, that's also that's also one. that's also funny because in the modern times, all the military is using five five six, so you don't even really feel that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no, that's just easy. It's like it's like shooting, it's like shooting a twenty two pistol. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it's nothing. <laughs> I, I remember. <laughs> I, I remember in basic training in Fort Knox, Kentucky. This dude was being a just a total soft ass bitch on the first <laughs> familiarization range that you do. Oh, shit. You know? Like he was terrified of this rifle. And I think he was from like like Detroit or somewhere where people don't have guns. You know, like <laughs> what Detroit? Yeah. Well, I mean regular people. Oh, don't okay, have guns. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? He was white people. <laughs> white people don't got guns in this You're right. You're right. You're right. But but he was like tripping. Like even when other people were popping off rounds to the right, left, he didn't fire his rounds. The drill sergeant came up like dog shit. What the fuck? You're supposed to be eight rounds into a fucking nine round sequence by now. What the fuck? And he was just like, I don't know, you know, I'm scared of it. And this, this, drill sergeant grabbed his, this drill sergeant grabbed his rifle, the soldier's rifle, put the butt stock against his dick and balls. Ooh. Right? Oh, no. Freedom. <laughs> dick and balls. And just fired like eight rounds yeah. downrange. 
Because the thing about a 5.56, it don't have that much recoil. No, no it's Yeah, not. like, it don't move, but it ain't gonna like, fuck you up. Like, yes. I was surprised, dude. The, the AR I have is the first one I've I mean, ever owned, and it's got a, it's got a, um, um, what's the muzzle, muzzle... Break, break. It's got a muzzle yeah, break on yeah. it. So if you're standing to the left of me when I'm when I shoot it, you feel it in your chest, right? Shit. But when you're shooting it, you don't feel shit. It feels like a 22, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, I get it, it is a 22. Basically, yeah. it is a 22. But that's the thing is like the drill sergeant fired this shit off his fucking dick and balls just to show the guy it doesn't. It's not do that nothing. bad. Yeah, the, a, five, a five five six, a five five six doesn't have. A I'm kind of curious recoil, now. You know. <laughs> That's kind of the reason that, like, in the late 70s, early 80s, they adopted it. It's because you could stick a 5.56 in the hands of, like, a fucking 8-year-old. It really, like, it really is nothing. Super easy to shoot. Yeah. You want to hear about uh, the recoil off of an AT4? Ooh, what's that? What's As a bazooka. I know, oh, shit. I know everything about a recoil off an AT4. <laughs> I'm not going to step on your prom. It's, when he says bazooka, that's, a, that's for the technical out there. It's an incorrect classification. But when you talk about an AT4, it's a recoilless rocket, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, like with yeah, army men. Yeah, shoulder. The, <laughs> the army yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so we had this, this one, um, this one Marine, you know, his name was Lance Corporal Tran, you know, and, and. Tran or uh, Tran or Tran? Tran. T-R-A-N. So he's Vietnamese. Vietnamese as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And so when you said pussy, I thought of him immediately because I actually have have two stories with him, you know. Um, One is when, when when they called him up as a pussy. Now, we were in Bridgeport training, mountain warfare training, and then, you know, we had to kill some goats, you know. And so they they're like they have like five goats, you know, and they're like, I right, uh, give us the give us uh, the pussiest marine in every platoon, you know. <laughs> oh, Tran, get over here! That's gotta be the worst boat ever. Yeah, we're, like, dude. we're like, yeah, Tran, get over there. <laughs> <laughs> That's gotta be the worst boat ever, dude. That's the opposite, not yeah, getting dude. picked for dodgeball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, so they had fucking they had fucking um, what's his name? Um, Fuck, I forgot this guy's name. But all these are all pussies, right? Man, all pussies. <laughs> all up. pussies, dude. You know, and so like they they're, they're like showing us how to properly fucking kill a goat for survival, you know, and so you know, so they have to they have to mount this goat from the back, you know, and fucking like lift up its neck, and, and then just fucking sawing at its fucking neck, you know. Uh-huh. And well, like, a dull knife, you don't need a saw, just glad. Yeah, just glad. <laughs> and and so fucking you know they do the, they do that and Tran was like just fucking sawing into his neck and, and we're, we're like yeah yeah you know and then he one ups us you know he's like you think I'm a pussy he grabs all the blood and he looks at all of us in the eyes and we're about like 200 Marines looks at all of us sticks his hand out with blood and then just fucking <laughs> fucking just face smears all himself over, yeah smears his, himself all over the fucking that's place. actually pretty thug it's pretty thug <laughs> he's like oh I'm a pussy huh? yeah he's like I'm a pussy huh. <laughs> The other guys okay. were still struggling to cut through the goat. <laughs> okay, Tran. All right, Tran. So Tran, right? What yeah. they don't understand is that was one of his chores when he was a kid. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Vietnamese. So so that was that was that was our introduction to fucking Nascobo Tran. I'm like, damn. Okay, maybe he's not a pussy. Okay. So on our on our first appointment, um, he he was asked to be a gear guard. You know, while we go out and do patrols and missions and stuff. And so there was a bunch of like uh, defective weapons. One of them being an AT4, you know, mm-hmm. and so he's like, he's just like fucking bored, playing with it, has his hand <laughs> at playing the, with at, a defective weapon. <laughs> <and> <laughs> <laughs> as Marines will do, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. if, if it ain't nailed down, it checks out. Fucking yeah, like checks out. 
So he fucking starts fucking with it, and he and he fucking like fucking like like sets it off, and then the back blast blows his fucking little hand off. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, dude. Like literally blew literally his hand off. Blew his hand off, right? So he oh. transmuted his hand. <laughs> trans, the story of trans hand. No, no, it gets better. Immediately, like you know, he lost fucking four fingers, you know. So mm-hmm. so we called him AT four fingers. <laughs> <laughs> like within ten minutes, the Marines were already roasting him. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> like AT four fingers, bro. We called him number six. <laughs> Here, there's another. The bet. The, the best one I heard was no hand tran. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah, dude. Up, dude. <laughs> like literally, as soon as it happened, bro, we already had the names. I'm like, that's quick. That's how it goes, though. That's yeah, how it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, he's not, not I gotta tell you guys a like a lighter-hearted but still hilarious story from my time in the army. So there we were in Iraq, and we're out. We're in the Sadr city, Mosul. Rotation that we, that the Third Armored Cavalry was doing at that time, and we had these little set up shops that we'd put up, and we'd mostly keep our gear and our our our, our extra ammo and all our shit, you know. So like we walked around on post with like at this time it was M16s, you know, and then we'd have like a mag in the well and a spare mag, and mm-hmm. I had it on a buttstock. But then we'd keep our combat load and our armor back at the talk in these containers, right? I forget about that. You had, you had the pouch on the buttstock of your weapon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When you have that full stock. <laughs> As a Marine, you guys only fucked with that, basically. Like, Marines didn't have M4s. No. It, 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 like, yeah, no. If you were, like, fucking a boot or anyone that didn't matter, <laughs> you, you, just, you just had a fucking, a, the fucking the full buttstock. A full-size rifle mm-hmm. with a buttstock, yeah, like, like, ammo like yeah. a spare mag so we, we were only carry, we we're only carrying around we we're only carrying around 60 rounds like day to day on the base right mm. but then whenever we activated we're going on mission we go to this this hub and we'd pick up our armor which had our full combat load it was seven mags of 556 five, mm-hmm. it's 210 rounds you know it's just a standard that like infantry that's what they carry on their body mm-hmm. you know what i mean Sometimes you'll have an ammo guy that has like, you know, 10 yep. extras. And, and sometimes you'll have a radio guy that has like four extras. But that's it. Like, that's what you go out with. Mm. The truck's got more ammo. Yeah. The truck's got more ammo. If you can get back to that, if you're fighting out your truck, it, it is what it is. But 210 rounds is what you get. So there I was one day on the fob in PT shorts, a PT shirt. Mm-hmm. My rifle with two mags, right? And they had briefed us coming into country, all these different alarms. And one of them was like gas attack. And it was like a specific do to do do to do to do to do. And then they had like the fucking ground attack alarm, which was like a cavalry charge. Like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> you, know, like, you know what I'm talking about? Like a ground, like horse, like horses. Yeah, yeah. So there I am. And I'm just like seven or eight days back from my mid-tour leave uh, from Iraq back to California. And I went to a bunch of music festivals. And I got about like 15 uh, like sugar cubes with double hits of acid on nice. and I, I, I took Damn. four of them back I, I took four of them back to Iraq with me 
So I'm just sitting on the base and I'm just chilling. It was my day off. I dropped off my laundry bag at the laundry Ooh. place, you know, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, just, just doing my normal chores, you know, <laughs> on acid. Yeah. <laughs> I, but I took it right at the beginning. So I wasn't really tripping okay. at that point. You know? <laughs> and then I went, I went to the bazaar, which is like a marketplace of local nationals. They get searched when they come on base and it's mm-hmm. just like a little market. So you could get like DVDs for like two or four dollars that had like ten or twenty like movies Bro, on I a bought, single DVD. I bought some beats from Muhammad over there. <laughs> some beats from Muhammad, dude. I had some. Uh, I bought some Ray Bans, but they were like knockoffs, so they were Taliban's. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude! I wish you still had them, dude. Yeah, no, dude. Those God, are dude. irrelevant. They didn't last very long. <laughs> but these bazaars were like minimal shit you could buy you know like cool shit local national shit some jewels some fucking minerals cool rocks yeah like dvds electronics like basic shit so i'm just like cruising the bazaar and my my fry is kicking in good oh, like shit. i'm starting to feel myself and then i just hear this da, 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 this fucking oh, ground attack oh, siren dude Damn. and i'm like oh shit bro and so i'm like geographically like a mile and a half from my talk and this fold out spam you know yeah. where all my ammo my my armor and shit so is you're off base in the bazaars no they're on base they're oh, on the right. they're on the fog. oh but you're but you're like yeah. a mile halfway from from that yeah you know? it's it was pretty far it's like it's a pretty big base yeah gotcha so i just immediately Start footing it back, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm in my PT shorts anyway, and all my carrying is a rifle. Little fucking li- like nice ass legs are showing. Up <laughs> <laughs> little pale ass legs yeah. showing, you know. All prickly and shit. I get back. I get back to. I get back to our our gear compound. I get back to our compound, right? And they're like, grab your armor. You know. Everybody that, like, was carrying crew serve weapons, all those teams were gearing their shit up, you know, grabbing all their belts and everything. And they're, like, they breached our perimeter. And this outpost, this fob was so big that, like, the breach happened on the opposite side of it. I didn't even hear that they put two RPGs into the towers and blew the fence. And they were in our motor pool, right? Oh, shit. Yeah. So I'm just sitting here, like, Starting to fry hard, dude. You know? Fuck. And I'm like, this might have been a bad time mm-hmm. <laughs> to experience my souvenirs. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, this, this I is was my like, time. This, it's supposed to be my day off, right? <laughs> so the, the squad leader comes in and he's like, hey, this is your sector. This is your sector. They're showing us on, like, literally an overhead projector. You know the ones you use in high school mm-hmm. where you yeah. put the, the clear yeah. cell phones out? Yeah. He's like literally showing us the outline of the, our perimeter <laughs> and we're taking this whole side. So we go out to this motor pool and we lock down along a, a, a line of connexes. We didn't have fighting positions because you don't expect your fob to get breached, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen. But here we are right on the edge of the connexes and we just see 30 40 dudes just coming into where our vehicles are all parked and so we just get no firefight with these motherfuckers you know okay and i'm like well shit 
It's not ideal. Mm-hmm. I really wish I was doing something else. Yeah. Because I was like, I bought one of these discs that had like 16 pornos on it. I was going, <laughs> I was going back to beat my dick to death. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, hey, hey, you said movies when you started this, this story. <laughs> no, but I, man, in my both. head, I was it like, was uh, what kind of movies? Yeah, okay, movies. <laughs> it was both, though. It was both. It was like new pirated versions of oh, movies, yeah, oh yeah. and like like Chicken Little, twenty like. years apart. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. It's old as we. That TV show, The Unit. Agent Cody Banks. <laughs> you guys remember that TV show, The Unit? Uh, it was about so like uh, uh, seals, basically. Okay. Yeah, but that was one of the things I was watching at that time. But not today. Not today. <laughs> today was today was go to work. <laughs> While you're losing your fucking brain at yeah, one yeah. ear. So we lay down and these motherfuckers start coming across the motor pool and they're taking cover on our vehicles and we just start banging, you know, like yeah. the whole line. Cause it wasn't just me. It was like 30 dudes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and we just start banging. And at first I was like, I am not qualified to be here. Like, <laughs> but one thing I realized like, I'm, is, I'm off shift. <laughs> yeah, I was way off shift. You know what I'm saying? Jesus. I was I was miles away from shift. <laughs> so like so when we go to Burning Man and, and, and people think you can't hop off of an art car and walk a few miles back to the main Part like, of it. It was like three miles. They don't understand what what you've done in the desert or or wherever you've been. Yeah, so I got in a, I got in a nine hour firefight on LSD, and oh. it was a great time. Like honestly, honestly, of all the in combat engagements I had, I'd probably do that one over again. Damn. Like hmm. that. Like the rest of them were pretty trash. But, like, I was frying my balls off, so it became, like, an arcade game. You know what I mean? Like, I was seeing, I was seeing little point scores pop off of people's dumps. You're having the time of your life. <laughs> and I'm, in like, in basically in my underwear. Like, I'm in, like, PT shorts and a T-shirt with armor over it. And I'm just, like, popping them, right? And then these dudes were running across, and they were so fucking bold. One thing I can say for Islamic fundamentalists, is like they know how to party, dude. <laughs> like when they came, they didn't come with any concern or care for the fact They're that like, like let's just go kill them. <laughs> they didn't understand like everybody on the base and their grandma was strapped right. to the gills, yeah. you right. know. And they 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 blew a hole in the fence, but it took them like thirty minutes to come through it. That's a mistake. That Look, if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna go ahead and attack an army base. And you blow a hole in their perimeter, you better have two hundred people through it in a in, in ten minutes, or right. or you don't got you're not like, gonna stand like a chance. Like the Mexicans do over here. You know? <laughs> That's a fair point. That's right. That's a fair yeah, they'll point. They'll get hundreds of thousands in within like ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. like if your if your coyote has ten people in the truck, you're like, eh. But if your coyote has hundred and fifty people in the truck, you're like, we getting home. Today. Yeah, we, 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 we. What you want for dinner tonight? <laughs> they call an umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> but that shit was wild and the fact that I was on acid honestly it kind of truly made it like the one combat experience that I enjoy yeah. in hindsight you want to know what the experience I enjoy uh, in hindsight and it wasn't drugs As a- it was it was uh it was I was I was checking off. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Yeah, so I, I ordered I think you know that you heard the story. I ordered a Jenna Hayes 
flash flash uh flashlight pussy ah pussy. nice <laughs> yeah and it came fucking signed with her name and everything no shit oh, it's like God. it's like molded to her vagina <laughs> yes. Yes. holy yes. shit that's fancy they literally, they, literally, they literally gaped her yeah and filled her with silicone Ooh, yeah. and then made the mold that's how they that's crazy yeah and so i ordered it on on fucking amazon right and and it took like fucking four weeks. I almost canceled that shit. You, know? <laughs> you can get that shit on Amazon. Yeah. Bro, you can order Amazon to Iraq or Afghanistan back in the day. Or you could order like Cigars International. It was just like a six-day wait. Yeah. Well, for, for, my, my, for my pocket pussy to get to me, <laughs> it, it was like fucking four, four, literally four weeks. You know, I get it. And I'm like, ooh, fuck. I'm about, nice. to, fuck, I'm about to fuck this bitch tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember it was, it was Thanksgiving day you know and and i got the, the fucking short end of the fucking straw so i had to go post up on fucking guard duty you know watching my sectors while the other homies fucking like ate fucking thanksgiving dinner and chill they're all you feasting know, you gotta feasting. go post up <laughs> yeah <laughs> i got my pocket pussy but i had the perfect post because to get <laughs> to get to my my post you had to walk upstairs <laughs> You know, so if anyone, so hear yeah, I could hear them. <laughs> you can hear them coming. And so I have these. They couldn't hear you coming. They couldn't hear me coming. <laughs> no one heard me coming. <laughs> I don't know, to be honest, I couldn't hear me coming. <laughs> if you come alone in the desert, does it make a noise? <laughs> right. And so I have these Hesco barriers, right? And these Hescos are like these, these like little, these structures, right? That that are made out of uh, like like wire and and like cloth where you just you put and you a fill bunch them with sand, yeah. sand, you know, yeah. and that's the, like that yeah. that you know will I've protect you from those. bullets. They, they have mountain, they had a mountain lemon valley for a long time when we first lived. So it had the perfect hole to fit my pocket pussy in. <laughs> <laughs> just in the <laughs> yeah, and it was perfectly at my waist, you know. <laughs> so I, you fucked the shit so I, out so of that it, So I got my knife, I, I, I cut it, I stuck it in there. And and from the outside in, you couldn't see me fucking it, you know. I, I live normal, but but yeah. below my waist, I was fucking like from the outside in, it just looks like you're chilling. <laughs> yeah, perfect. You're just looking over the edge. Yeah, like you're like, just like, hey, what's but, going but, on? But below, like my fucking my hips are fucking working. Yeah, you're getting it. <laughs> And, and so like I'm fucking I'm fucking this bitch. Right? So you're still watching. You're still watching. Yeah, I'm still watching that. You know, and then I, and then we start getting shot at. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> Can I finish? I was like fuck. <laughs> People so, who don't know, when a round passes your head at like five or six feet, it makes like a. Yep. Like you can hear it pop. Yeah, you're like, oh shit, that was close. Oh, that's how you shit. gauge. If you're crazy, that's how you can gauge your shit. You're like, okay, yeah. that's not that far. You know? yeah, that's good. I still got time. And, and so I was like, okay, I still got time. <laughs> I hope you kept stroking, bro. I did. I did. I came hella hard. Nice. And then I unloaded the fucking uh, unloaded the 240. <laughs> what 240 Bravo? The 240 Bravo, dude. And just. Oh, <laughs> ah, <laughs> yeah. Start spraying the lance. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's, that's like a that, movie, dude. Nova Thanksgiving, uh, fucking combat jack. What just fucking happened there? But we had a little technical difficulty uh it was aligned with the fact that i normally put the power cable to the zoom pod track p4 to my computer while we're recording and i think that i failed to do that tonight and we just lost everything for an undisclosed amount of time but we're back so we're here with aaron aaron hello hello it's me again welcome back and we're here with mike I love you both. Love you. I love you so, guys too, motherfuckers. We were talking more war stories and crazy shit, but the reality of this war podcast, stories, hey, war, war, war stories war. and horror stories, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> she, 
<laughs> but what what I'm trying to get into now is this. So, Aaron, we have the history. We have our history. We have how we all came to be sitting here tonight. But let's talk about what you're doing today. I want you to start with first how you make your money day to day, the job that you do. And I want you to go next to the passion projects that you're involved with. So I'm going to give you the floor once again, my brother. All right. So, so I work for NDOT now. Um, and I'm an armed security. And so what, what my job entails is... What is NDOT? Uh, the Nevada Department of Transportation. And so I get to go around and patrol up and down the highways and under the bridges and underpasses and wherever there's homeless or illegal homeless camps... I have to tell them to get the fuck out. <laughs> Are there legal homeless camps? Not on state property. <laughs> <laughs> not on state property, brother. <laughs> you know. So where do we go? I don't know. Not here. <laughs> get, go go get, be homeless somewhere else. Go get. <laughs> yeah, you know. And, 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 it, honestly, and let us, let me just start by saying, I understand there's a lot of homeless people out there with mental health issues, drug addiction, things like that. That make it really difficult for them to function in normal society. However, I do believe our government does things like what you're doing, and, and it is a necessity, trust me, dealing with the tweaker shit that's going on in this building right now. But I also feel like the government has a responsibility in these situations where they should probably put these people in programs. I mean, I mean they, they, they have all the resources out there for them. They have, they have them. They just don't want to fucking like. Trust me, we don't just we don't just evict them. We're not just like, hey, you know, um, you're trespassing. I'm glad to property. hear you say that. No, I promise you, I'm not. I'm. Not, I got a heart, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and so I'm. I'm like, look, like, you know, I know you're going through some shit, but have you tried going to the Karish campus? You know, like there's there's places where they can go, where they can be fed, they can be sheltered, and they can be fucking bathed and all that shit. But it's their choice to not go. They don't a want lot of to. The times, right, right, right. A lot of times that help comes with a requirement not to be on drugs. Yeah, or, yeah, or exactly. Not, they don't want to not, abide by the, by the rules to, yep, you know, to, yep. to live there, you know. And, and that makes sense to me. And I appreciate that there is a program that's putting some kind of effort into these people. Because when you have a lot, bunch of lost people, you got a bunch of fucking degenerate scumbags that give a fuck about nothing. Because if society doesn't give a fuck about them, what are they supposed to give a fuck about? Mm -hmm. But I didn't, I didn't say that to interrupt you or, or, or to recuse you in any way. I just say this. I'm glad that somebody's doing a job of trying to reach these people. You know, like, and just talk more about what, what that day-to-day -day is like for you. So, day, yeah, day-to-day -day -day life for me is... Go to the office, strap my boots on, put on my body armor because we have we oh, we, we're, we have fucking yeah we have bulletproof vests, mm -hmm. and we have guns that we have to patrol out there with because a lot of these homeless people, like when you ask them to move, they'll become very very, very um, confrontational. Yes, you know, mm -hmm. and we that that does make sense. You honestly. know, and and I understand it. You know, mm -hmm. I get it. You know, but like I have a job to do. I've been hired by this by this fucking by this department. You know, to make sure that you're not. Like, I don't know if you probably haven't noticed. I haven't noticed before I took this job, but you drive up and down the highways. There's there's camps, there's tents, you know, yeah, a lot of highways. I have noticed. Everywhere, yeah. you know, and it used to be worse like five months ago, you know, until this program started. Mm -hmm. Where like now you have to now you have to ask them to fucking move, 
you know, and it's not because they're camped there, it's because of the mess they leave, mm -hmm. you know, and so what I do, I have to go and, and give them um, a certain amount of time to fucking leave. Once they leave, I'll come back with a hazmat crew, you know, and, and they're, they're basically a cleanup crew, and they'll come and they'll clean up the whole area. You know, but we have to be their security guards mm -hmm. because yeah. a lot of them. So you guys provide security while yeah. they do their yeah. work. Yeah, literally. Because a lot of them want to fight back. Yeah, yeah, you know, because we give them. A, we, so this is the thing: we give them, we give them an opportunity to fucking move. If you're not moved by tomorrow, we're coming with the cleanup crew, the hazmat team, and we're taking all your shit mm -hmm. because you shouldn't be here in the first place. Right. You know, and so a lot of them will try to fight back, and so we're there to protect them, and make sure that they clean up the highways and the underpasses, you know, and no mm -hmm. one fucking fucks with them. Right, you know, and we've had we have we've had death like death threats at, at us. You know, we've we've been threatened with fucking gun violence and all, all that stupid shit. Mm -hmm. But like, can like, they afford the the armature that would be required to fight back? Though, really? No, but I mean, you you can never like uh, underestimate a homeless person, you know, mm -hmm. because they 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 have nothing to lose. Yeah, you know, they're out there living the free life. You know, and what I mean in free life is like the free world. They ha they don't have to abide by our laws, our by our societal standards. You know, they do what the fuck they want. Yeah. You know? And a lot yeah. of them, a lot of them, a lot of them will will love to go to jail mm -hmm. because yeah, they get sure. them off the streets. Yeah, right. and know? they get some food. Yeah, they're fed. They're and they get a, a a warm or cool place to sleep. Yeah, three hots in a cot. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's, that's literally it. You know, and it's sad. It's sad because. The fact that your job exists, I appreciate that it's 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 good for you, and I appreciate. I mean, that. It, it conflicts with my more my like moral fucking standards and beliefs, man. Like, I, yeah. I, it's hard for me. Mm -hmm. yeah. you know? It'd be hard for me too. I I just can't imagine, like, closing a day out, and feeling good. You know what I mean? It's not that it doesn't need to happen. It does need to happen. Well, here's, you know? the, like, here's the thing, man. Like like I like I, one of the partners I work with, I, and I'm gonna say this because I know she'll never listen to this. I hate working with that bitch because she, like, I can see it in her fucking, in her, like, the way she acts. She finds joy in, in, like, fucking, like, taking these camps away. And That's like, fucked up. Yeah. yeah, and I hate it, dude. And, like, right now I'm conflicted, you know, because, I mean, I'm making good money, but I'd rather be making five hours less and working at the bus station where mm -hmm. I was working at and just kicking them out of the bus station. Yeah. You know, and so that's where I came from. I came from kicking homeless people out of the bus station to not kicking them out of their homes, you know. Which, I, which, which at times probably does feel like shit. No, I always like shit, know? dude. And but I that, like this. It's not something that I enjoy, you know. But then seeing like people that I work with enjoy it, and they're like, ha ha, you know, like and just taking their shit away. I'm like, bitch, you just took the tent that they. Yeah, that don't they, be smiling. That's, that's yeah, their, smiling. That's their livelihood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that would piss me off too. It pisses me off too, man, because, because it's a necessary thing. Yeah. You know, but this is where this is where I'm fucking caught in this issue. You know, this is where my hang up is. Is like, it's it's fine that we're doing that, but there there should be there should be programs for all of these people. Most of them need to go through detoxes. Most of them need to go through like a whole rehabilitation. System. Here's the thing, though, man. They don't they don't want to. Man, a lot, a lot of them, of them don't. A lot of them don't. Like a lot of people, we find they're homeless couples, you know, yeah. and if like they can't go to the care the cares campus, you know, because when you go to the cares campus. You know, like your girl has to go to the women's side of the care campus, and you know, you have to go to the men's side of the care campus, and nobody trusts each other there at the care campus. Mm -hmm. You know, they all steal from each other. You know, there's there's like there's fucking bed bugs and, and fucking body lice and shit that goes through. I wouldn't want to go there either. You know, mm -hmm. and so what we tell them is like, 
like, because we patrol this every day, and this is a new position that started in November, mm-hmm. you know? So we, we've cleared up over, a, like, 400 fucking illegal camps on the side of the highways and everything, cleaning up all their buckets of fucking shit, you know, fucking literally piss bottles Which everywhere, that's, that's heroin an, needles. That's an extreme biohazard and an issue for public health, for sure, you know? 100%. And so, and so that that's what we're doing. We're trying to we're trying to clean that up. And I mean, like, I take my job seriously, but I don't take it that seriously. We're like, I'm gonna let it affect my day, you know, mm-hmm. which is like like one of my partners does. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck that bitch, you know. Like, she literally, I don't know whatever what problems she has going on at home, but I can see it being fucking like, like overlapped into like our work, mm-hmm. you know, where she's now now she's pissed because of whatever's going on in her house. So she, now she's taking, taking it on, it on She them, doesn't, she know? lacks control in some yeah. part of her life. Yeah. So she takes it upon these. And so these... my supervisor thinks she's fucking great That's because, awful. because, because she's like, Oh, what you guys should done. I'm like, yeah, but like, she's also escalating shit. You know, like there's been so many times where people will talk shit to us and, and, and she'll, and it'll bother her and she'll be like, and she'll just, you know, and it's like, no, like, just let, let them talk. You know, who the you fuck know, cares? Like, the best thing you can do from our common background is you could take some humanity into that situation and you could treat people with the, the utmost respect that you can in the situation. And, and, that, that's how and I, I know you do. That's how I've gotten far in, 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 in my, like, my career. You know, like when, even when I was working at the bus station, I have to fucking kick a lot of homeless people out. You know, but I always treat them with respect yeah. and dignity. You know, I'm like, hey, buddy. They're humans. Like, I, I, I know you're going through a bad time, you know, but, but this bus station has a very strict policy on loitering, you know. So if you want to go loiter, go Elsewhere. loiter go over there. Yeah. <laughs> go to Fireside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't got to go back to the tent, but you got to get yeah, the fuck yeah, out of yeah. here. You know? You know? Yeah. <laughs> but now I'm going, I'm going from that. I'm going to like, hey, buddy, you can't loiter here. Um, take your home and load it somewhere else, you know. Yeah. And and they'll ask us a lot of times is like, well, where can we go, you know? Mm-hmm. And it sucks because because constantly battling between the state and the city, right? Yeah, that's so true. so we kick them out of state property, and then they will go to city property, and then RPD will come through and kick them out, and then they'll just fucking come back to state property, mm-hmm. and they're just, like it's, a it's literally cycle. it's it's job security. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like always going to be coming back. Yeah. It, it, intellectually, I feel like our our states and our nation they're doing they're doing half of the job in this situation. Because if you don't have a serviceable, like sustainable location for these people to go, why are you kicking them out? Where are you going to send them, you know? Mm-hmm. They have like, nowhere to send them. That's the thing. That's the saying. To... That's the problem, I think. Mm-hmm. And you're caught in the middle of that right now, yeah. so I can really sympathize. And, and, I, and I, hate, I hate it, man, to be honest. But like, I hate fucking going up to somebody that's not doing anything. Right. They're just camped, you know? And but, it's, it's interesting because, like, I, I have noticed, not just here, but, like, my whole life, you know, people think they've found a loophole or something where they can hide under an underpass and... Not you know it's kind of free reign, but now there's programs trying to you know. No, there's there literally is. They just don't want to because yeah. One, they can't do what they want to do. Yeah. Two, if there was somebody they want to be with them, you know, and so they're not going to be able to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's an easy answer for a situation like this. It's not. My job is hard, bro. It's very. Yeah, yeah, I sucks. think we could talk about it for five hours, and we would never come up with an easy solution for a lot of these people. I think that a lot of it harkens back to when the United States closed all its insane asylums 
You know what I mean? One of them being um, NAMS over right off Galetti. Yeah, yeah. So those facilities close, and all of those people are just put out on the street, and it doesn't give any absolution to their issues. You know so, what I mean? So check that. So I met I met this I met this fucking this crazy bitch right when I was working at the bus station last year. I knew she was crazy because like, like she was homeless, but she she didn't have a, a drug problem. She didn't have a drinking problem. She was just crazy. Mm-hmm. And so she comes up to me. And she's like, "Hi, you're cute." And she was cute too, you know. <laughs> she's like, "Can I tell you something?" I'm like, yeah, I'm like, "Yeah, sure." She's like, "I have hella gas." <laughs> I don't know where. Me too. She's, and me too. Uh, and she's like, "I don't know how to make this gas go away." Me too. Me too, <laughs> I was like, "I don't know." I was like, "I was like, just let it go." Yeah. And then she cracked up. She's like. <laughs> Did she fart hella loud after that? Uh, no, I, no, she didn't. Well, no, but she's like, uh, you know, she laughed. Like, she fucking died laughing because I was like, I don't know, make it go away. She's like, Ooh. <laughs> I was like, okay, whatever, nerd. That's <laughs> why so I went back into my office, dude. But, like, that's an example of someone that's fucking, like, just not on drugs, not on fucking alcohol, just yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. And there's, and, you know, I, I don't know what the metric is on that when you look at the homeless population in a city like Reno, Nevada. But what I do know is that, like, the majority of the people, even if it is drug addiction, it is a mental health issue. Can we all agree on that? Like, addiction is a mental health problem. The, the government has been failing continuously for the lifespan of all of us to just address these issues on the streets. How can you be the wealthiest nation on earth? How can we spend a couple billion dollars a year but I feel in like, Iraq but I feel and like, Afghanistan? Like, like, I feel like how, like, like, how can you like pressure these people into 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 going to those programs? Like, you can't. Right. You just have to like put those resources out, and if they want to fucking take them, yeah, then they can. Yeah, that's one of the problems. Like, a lot of people, a lot of people that argue with these subjects, these 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 subjects. Well, <laughs> these these. these uh, Points of you know the people that these that, points of contest right yeah, yeah the, the yeah. people that are like oh well what if they if you, if we just have more programs but you can't you you can't make them want to well, go to those programs that's the thing though is like this is where you run the fine line between authoritarian government and the the representative democracy that we supposedly have right because in the old days what they did and said was. You're a fucking unstable, crazy person, or you're a drug addict, or whatever the thing is. We're gonna institutionalize you by force, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's right, because I think that's fucking dog shit. I think that, I think that that is a bigger problem. That's that's authoritarian. That's like fucking king shit. You know what I mean? Like, just saying, oh, you got a problem, I say you got a problem, and we're going to send you right to the fucking deep trenches of this institution. That's not what I want. That's not what anybody wants. But what I'm saying is, we have the technology now. We have the resources now. We're not fighting $5 billion a year wars anymore. Are we? As far as I know, we're not. But this is what I'm saying. They close all those institutions and they just poured those people out on the streets and they're not pulling anybody else in. Mm. And that's the, that's the nature of the fucking state of existence in America. You know, it just takes a couple of bad paychecks. You know, like just one or two or three bad paychecks in your job. And any of us could be homeless, dude. Any of us. Mm-hmm. Any of us could be like unable to pay our bills, medical debt, whatever it is. You could go through a set of circumstances that will fuck up your life in today's age. 
what is the government doing about this? Not a goddamn thing. Not really. Like well, it's not up to them to, to make sure that you get out of that hole. You know, it's up to yeah. you to fucking get out of that hole. I, I, I fuck it. Like so, going back to what we were talking about, like maybe an hour ago. You know. Yeah. Um, when I when I transitioned from marine to fucking civilian, you know, I brought my friend, my best friend, Adrian, Black Adrian. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he's a black Adrian. He's uh, he's just like Adrian. No way. I met him. But I met black. Him. I, met, I met him. You brought him up here, right? Black Adrian? Uh-uh. No, different, different Adrian. No, different black uh, Adrian. Right. right. <laughs> and so, like, you know. So many I, black Adrians. Yeah, I brought him with me, you know. And, and and we, like, I was like, all right, we have two weeks to fucking get our shit together. You know, because we just got out of the military. And we just signed up to school, you know. So we were going to get all this BH, you know. So it's, we're gonna get we're gonna get paid to go to school basically, but our shit like did not hit at the at the time that we were spo- supposed to. He was like eating like food out of my fridge out of my parents' fridge and they weren't happy with it. So my dad got drunk one night, and he's and he kicked him out. And and like me being the loyal person that I am, I was like, if you're gonna kick, if you're gonna kick him out, you're gonna kick me out too. He's like, okay, get the fuck out of here. Oh, shit. <laughs> Bet. <laughs> you know, Call that bluff like a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, but I mean, like, that was my best friend, you know, at the time. That was my best friend, you know. And I was like, all right, well, well, he's like, so he's from Texas, Houston, Texas. He has, he doesn't know anybody in the West Coast. He, doesn't, he has nobody but me, you know, so I couldn't just let him get kicked out of my house, you know, and just me being, just me being at my house, you know. So I was like, all right, well, fuck, I'm going with him too then. But I was like, all right, peace, you know. And so me and him, you know, we, we left my house with yeah. $40. And we're like, all right, well, let's go get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> we, want, we want to go get drunk, you know. We went to, the, to my fucking, like, local watering hole, you know. We, watering we're, hole. <laughs> <laughs> we go there, right, and we meet, this, we meet this gentleman named Adam. Adam was from the, uh, the IDF. You know, and so so we 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 connected really fucking fast. He's from the Israeli Defense Force. Okay. And so you know we, we were talking, we were all drunk, you know. So we he he heard about what we had done, and then he shared what he was about, you know, and how he was like fucking eating lunch next to a dead fucking girl, you know, because like, but he you know so we're like all right, and he's like, so where are you guys staying at? I was like, well, we were staying down the street, you know. Yeah. Well, like, one hour an hour ago, we were now sitting down the street. No, he's like, well, check this out, man. He's like, well, he's like, I have a four-bedroom house in Daly City. Um, why don't you guys come and fucking stay with us? Or stay with us, stay with me, <laughs> you know? I'm like, all right. And so, yeah, we, we went up and we stayed with him. Um, and, yeah, and, yeah, I forget where I was going with this. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you could have been, just like we were just talking about, you could have been the same people that are living under bridges. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. So I so yeah. So me and him were homeless, you know, for like fucking two days, you know, and then we found him, and he, you know, but like, that's that's the love that I had for him. I was like, um, if you're gonna be homeless in, in a state that you don't even know, in a city that you don't even know, and like my house is right there, I'm gonna be homeless with you, you know, like fuck that, you know. And um, you know, it, it's that kind of support though. That like. It's not just veteran shit. It's human shit. You know, the fact that you brought that man to that place, right? Yeah. And then that situation fell through. So no man left behind. Like, that's 
that was something that was drilled into my head in my early service. Same, you know, same, man. Like, like I literally went against my family. You know. Yeah, and sometimes you gotta do that. Like, you my, know, like my family thought I was gay, bro. They're like, they're like, they're like. Why are you oh, going with that guy? Yeah, why are you going with that black guy? <laughs> yeah, I was like because because like, the dick is because, big. Shut up. Because <laughs> the biggest is 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 fit. <laughs> no, man, like 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 that that marine Adrian, you know, black Adrian. You know, like we 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 went into the Marine Corps together. But he deserved a he deserved a chance too. Yeah, you know, but my but my dad my dad is fucking racist. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's that true. makes a difference. Well, yeah. I, well, your your dad not only like black folks but also thinks Caucasians are no he too. loves Caucasians. <laughs> well, okay. No, I'm just kidding. No, he no he he fucking he like at, he, now he's different. At the time though, he hated fucking Mexicans and he hated fucking. Black people, you know, and so my bat, my 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 best friend was fucking black, you know, and and he and he he was just like, well, he's just eating our food, he's not doing anything anything for himself, you know, blah blah, you know, and he got drunk and he fucking kicked him out, and I was like, all right, well, you're gonna kick him out, you're gonna kick me out too, then and he's like, all right, whatever, and bye, so <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, my dad said, bye bitch, <laughs> with the with the e, he said bye bye bitch, bitch. <laughs> 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 yeah, dude, and um, I don't know. I I I came. I I've I've like taken so much from so many people, you know, especially my family. You know, you know I mean, like, there's one side of me that is like, pick yourself up by your bootstraps and do something. You know what I mean? Because I didn't come from a family that had money, right? Everything that I built, I built. By hard work, you know what I'm saying? And there's a lo- the little bit of me that says, you know, like, we can all do better, but there's also people that can't, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's people that don't have the facilities, don't have the options, don't have the support network, don't have the sh- initial structure to be successful. And I do feel bad for those people, and I feel like our government has failed consistently with them. Well, it's like you're saying, and anybody, everybody is so close. There's a couple steps away from being that person living on the streets, you know? And Like I said, two bad paychecks, you know what I mean? Yep. Like a month. A month is all, it, the month is the only difference between any of us and absolute abject poverty, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, any one of us can be there on the streets. And we all need each other. Part of that is having a good network of friends and a community that's going to hold you down and that's going to protect you not only just from bad things that might happen to you but also from yourself you know and that's a big part of it so let's just take a moment we're going to take a pee break uh we're going to get back after it in a couple minutes uh thank you guys for your patience i love you and now for a word from our sponsor and we're back from a snack and pee break. And uh, we don't really know where the podcast is going to go when we start this thing. And we don't know where it's been and when it's done. But what we do know is this is a real-life hang between a bunch of friends, a bunch of cosmonauts, a bunch of followers of the concept of no more, be more. And here we are today with Aaron, our guest. 
And he's been a great guest so far. One of the smoothest, flowing, easiest transitions we've had. Loco smooth. Loco smooth. And that brings me. You have muted. Yeah, uh, you are muted. Sorry. Loco smooth. There you go. There you go. <laughs> my bad. My bad. My bad. I'm, I'm I'm controlling this while I'm doing this, and it always is not so smooth. But that brings your uh, interjection that was missed by everybody else. It brings me into a, a great next phase. So, you find yourself in Reno for a, for a bitch ass, <laughs> a relationship that didn't quite pan out because I was honest. Right? <laughs> yeah. and you, and That's you what have, you get. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, but I mean, credit to you, and I hope at the end of the day, she maybe came around to understand. That that was respect more so than other people have given that person. But what I want to talk about now is even more important than that. You've been living here now a couple of years, back mm-hmm. and forth. You got you went back a couple of times to the Yay area, right? Yep. But now you're here, and you have your job, which we talked about in pretty good detail. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We covered that. What do you do to soothe your soul? And and my thought is it's it probably has to do with music. It does. It has to do. And so I always like to create something, you know? Like you said yourself, we're, we could be cult leaders, you know, but we're not, <laughs> you know? But we like to... Barely. I like to create, I like to create something, you know? And so it started with the basement parties, yeah. you know? It started with with those parties, you know. I remember that basement, and and we would host a lot of the unofficial after parties for Dead Ringer in my basement, mm-hmm. and they would go hard. We'd have so many dope ass DJs down mm-hmm. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I actually got two um, two noise complaints where I got summited to fucking court. Oh shit! I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, no, no, and they and you they got a fuck up bad to go to court for your noise. Dude, they gave me 20 days in county jail. What? What the fuck? I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. I actually had no idea about this either. Yeah, they gave me 20 days in county jail for fucking disrupting fucking, um, what the fuck it was, you know? What, the puppet piece? sub? <laughs> <All right. laughs> the Peace? Yeah. So your first album is going to be called The Dis- Peace. The Peace. Disrupting the Peace. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and I didn't get a chance to film myself or anything, you know, but I, I worked graveyard shifts. The whole fucking, the whole year, you know. And and the neighbor, you know, he was obviously pissed about it, but he never talked to me about it. Instead, he just called the fucking cops. Pussy, 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 Yeah, he's a bitch-ass motherfucker, pussy, you know? pussy, And so, and so I, you know, so they, they, they I, got, I had to go to court. He showed up, you know, and they're like, yeah, uh, you have 20 days to serve in county jail. Um, but we're going to suspend that. So you have one year of probation. So if... If that person calls on you again and you disrupt their peace, then you're going to, you know, 20, 20s in jail. Mm-hmm. I was like, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm moving out here at the end of the week. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm out. I'm, I'm out. out. <laughs> yeah. So you, did, you didn't have to do the 20? I had to do the 20. Okay, I, cool, cool. Yeah, oh, I was going to say, I, I kept, pretty sure I kept seeing you on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, had, uh, I got released early <laughs> every weekend. No. Yeah, I know. You know, so, um, yeah, so I did that. My God, guy. So, 
that being said, let's talk about music and uh, Ooh, let's music. Talk, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, my bad. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So, let's, so let's get into it. Like, so, okay, so so what started as a basement session, you know, and as us throwing parties, you know. I just um, want to interject and say, the first night you got on decks. I think it was at Joey's house. That was at yeah, that was Joey's yeah. house. That yeah, was I like, was there. I that, was there. That, was, that was in February of 2022 or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. The, it was like three months after I got my first deck, my big black deck. You know? <laughs> Aaron is a big fan of a big black deck. Yeah, man. Give me a big black deck. I'll, I'll fucking I'll, I'll bust it. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So yeah, I remember it. And like, and I, I, I at that point, I. I had already, like, so I've, I've been producing, you know, for, for a couple of years, you know. Like, I actually went to school for production, hmm. you know. So I actually didn't know that. Yeah. yeah no, no, I, I literally went to, I went to school for audio production, you know. And I went from I went to school for audio production from 2013 to, like, 2015, you know. God damn. Didn't, didn't finish <laughs> because I was like, I can learn this shit on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what the fuck am I doing paying, paying all this money? That's true yeah, of most true. majors, though. Most majors. Yeah, yeah. especially with music, you yeah. know. You know, so I, I so I left from that, and so like I like I, like production for me was very important. I, I wanted to always be able to, to, like, create something, you know. And I was good at it, but I didn't feel like I was good at it until I fucking started mixing. You know? And then I was like, damn, why didn't I do this a long time ago? Mm-hmm. You know, like I actually felt content with mixing. I felt like everything just fell into place with mixing. You know, and even if even if it wasn't good or even if I just started, it, I felt like it was just you know like compatible. Mm-hmm. You know, so I so I started just fucking mixing, you know, and I started mixing like twelve hours every fucking day, you know, because I would work from seven p.m. to seven a.m., get off work, go back, and start mixing for fun, you know, for fucking, and then I would play for fucking like I don't know, like ten hours, twelve hours, and then go back to work and I'd do it all over again. Sheesh. Um. And so yeah, you gotta you gotta remind me again where I'm going with this. Just the music. So we're talking about the music, like we're talking about how you found your way into the Never music and how you found Never your way house. into the the music culture of Reno mm. and what you're doing lately. Yeah, yeah. So I started so I started playing with that, you know. And then uh, I I moved into my own house, my own basement. You know, we started just hosting like un, like just underground under un, like underground parties. You know? And I had some dope ass DJs from Reno. You know, I'll give a shout out to B-Raz. That's Axel. the guy who was there. He was at my, <laughs> yeah. my birthday. Yeah. yeah. Oh, B-Raz. Yeah. Yeah. He was dope as fuck, bro. Yeah, he was. He's was dope. He yeah. did split it off. Mm-hmm. He split it off. Yeah, no, B- yeah no. shout out to B-Raz. You know. Shout out. Yeah, he, he's dope as fuck. Um, Hacks were Dan. Um, we had uh, Micah, you know, DJ MJ. You know, he was dope as fuck. Um, Sadie's also part of part of the Never Night House crew. Right, you know? right. Sadie Sadie has been on the podcast. Mm-hmm. We had her. Yeah, she was on. We got the Unhinged Horse Girl. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, our, she, our actually our our leading episode, our our top played episode is Sadie's episode, Unhinged Horse Girl. Well, she was the the first one. She's been on the on the air longer. Yeah, she was so our first guest. Yeah. Um, but she was with us at Camp Nada. I think her sunrise set was awesome. She's a really good DJ too. Yeah. No, she's really good. And so like the the, the thing about Sadie. Like her and I, like we're, like, we're, like we we just, like get in my basement and just fuck around together before like before we get got good, you know. Mm-hmm. We just fuck around, you know. Um, and so yeah, so that's that's where the where Never Night House came from, 
Which I love the name. That's yeah, cool. Never Not House. At my birthday, you had the Makes banner. it really clear that it's definitely yeah. House. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's clearly not House. <laughs> like House almost. House for, unacceptable. Forbidden. <laughs> You know, and and so that that's that's taken us along a lot, like a long way, you know, because there's a lot of people in Reno that like that. And so the mission and the vision of Never Not House yes. is is not throwing parties in bars and Let's venues. Let's talk about it. It's literally having parties outside of your regular bar and fucking club venue. Right, exactly. Which differentiates different us. different venues that are like. Uh, like flash, like you, they show up, we do it. Yeah, pop up parties, you know. Yeah, Let's throw up yeah. a party by the river, like you guys are doing this Sunday. Yes, exactly. Except this one's planned, you know. Right. But but, but eventually we want to make it. Unplanned, you know. Gotcha. But like, all right, let's do let's throw a pop up party and then have people come through, you know. We want to have parties. All right, so one of the the biggest parties we want to have, um, and and this is gonna be hard, but we might be able to do it. It's the at the Donner train tunnels. Oh yeah, I heard you guys. Oh, the train tunnels. That's a <laughs> yep. good spot, dude. And that's going to be one of those those spots that's a renegade, you mm-hmm. know, because mm-hmm. we're not going to ask for permission from anybody. Right. Well, we're, yeah, because fuck roll. the government. And I, yeah. and I and I love that environment because like I talk with friends about what a rave is and on these concerts and and festivals that people go to and it's a rave. But mm-hmm. what I remember from what a rave was was like it's something that was illegal. Yeah, illegal. You know? and they're supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah. The first raves I went to, you bought a ticket like. Two Two, three weeks out and then the day of there was a hotline number that you would call mm-hmm. and this was down in oakland down mm-hmm. in the bay the yay area but you called this hotline and the address was going to come out at eight so you start calling at it like 7 50 mm-hmm. and you just call it hang up call it hang up because you get a recording to call back Call mm-hmm. back, call back. And you'd call in at 8, and it would be like 16, 5, 2, 73, mm-hmm. Worcester sure. Boulevard, Eight, Oakland, nine, five, zero, three. <laughs> zip code. And then we'd all like print out MapQuest back then. Mm-hmm. MapQuest. I mean? And then we'd, be, we'd go jamming across the city. Jamming across this fucking well, the, city. Well, the, the first time I ever, ever went to like, a, a rave like that, I was 17. And, and I went to the port of San Francisco, right? And there was this bitch, right, that was in a wheelchair, and she was just, like, showing up everybody. She's like... <laughs> and I was like, Bussin okay. All the I, was, I was like, okay. Bussin. I was like, well, let me arrange your, your fucking chair. <laughs> <laughs> so I started showing up, and I started dancing with her, right and she's, she's just out dancing me. Oh, in she, a wheelchair? She balances. Like she's Poppy like, Chacon? How do you beat that? She balances, you know, and she spins and shit, and she's like... <laughs> I'm like, how the fuck? I'm like, all right, uh, where's the starboard? <laughs> take, take, me to the, take me to the front. But, you know, like, bringing that energy back into Reno, I think, is an important thing. Because, like, a pop-up party has the, the potential in this city to just, like, really crack off. You know, like, to really become a fucking staple well, well, t- well, tell me here. yourself, like, like, do you want to keep going to bars and venues, like, for the whole summer and for the whole fucking rest of the year? Or do you want to go somewhere fucking different mm-hmm. that you can, like, fucking just create a different experience that you want to go party yeah. next to the river? Different scene. Yeah, sure. you want to go party at the side of a yeah. hill, you know, to a fucking, like, hot spring? 
Yeah. You know, to well, a, the last yes. like renegade. The answer is yes. The last All rave questions. slash renegade that I went to was there was a friend of mine. I lived in a country town, and he's from here, Reno, and I'm a couple hours away. And he sends me a message about, hey, there's a renegade happening near you. And the way this one worked was, they informed everybody about the party that it was going to happen, but no, no no location or anything like that. And then like an hour before the event started, they were they were going to post the screenshot of the Google Maps location. Mm. And they did that, and then he hit me up and was like, "Hey, do you know where this is at?" And since it was in my town, I knew it was. I knew where it was at. It was in an abandoned cement structure along a river behind an air force base, this like miles out in the middle of nowhere. Hmm? The Marysville. Yeah, in Marysville, yeah, California. Yeah. So you know that, that it adds, I, I know exactly where the it fuck adds that's more excitement to it, you know, and like yeah, it's more it, adventure it because it's, it's something that like also that, it keeps the feds guessing. True. Mm-hmm. True. <laughs> yeah, we it's all know how important that is. It's literally something that like. Like you're gonna experience, but not everyone's gonna experience. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're here, you're gonna experience something something different. You know, like say, even if it's next to a lagoon or a right. swamp with alligators. You know, you're like yeah. shit, we parted next to a swamp yeah. with alligators. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, even we gotta like, get those alligators even, pregnant. Even, <laughs> yeah. even, even, even even like bigger DJs and stuff are doing things like with, with social media and technology nowadays. <laughs> they'll have a set like in the middle of like some crazy mountain range. You know. And it's like, mm-hmm. let's try to provide that for the general community, you know, that can, that can yeah, actually so experience Yeah, like, so, like, literally, let's, let's, so I'm trying to do this, I'm trying to create that for us locals right here right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And it's a perfect spot to do and it. And it will happen, man. And, I, and I've never, I've never worked with people that now, I, cause I never worked with someone last weekend. Has a yeah. two thousand foot warehouse, yeah. like Ooh, right boy. in this town, and, and, he, and he wants to be a part of it. You mm-hmm. know, so we're gonna make we're gonna make a lot of things happen with Never Not House. Nice, Never Not House. It's, it's a catchy name, and I think you guys are onto something for sure. No, straight up. So, what do you DJ as? What's your What's your name? Uh, local smooth, not local, because it's one bitch trying to fucking. <laughs> she trying to say, "Oh, you're local smooth." <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, local. Not local. I'm, I'm like local. Crazy local. <laughs> I'll fuck your mom to prove how crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'll show you how local so I am. <laughs> local, local, local smooth, smooth. local smooth, and he All is right, good, so, and he is smooth. I yeah, think so. I, I was with him on his first set. His first public yeah, set. Yeah, ever. Ever. And, and, and yeah. that basement party that I played at was the first oh, time. Oh, that That's was, the first time I ever played in front of anybody. Was, that was so dope, dude. I was like, damn. Wow. That uh, was at Joe's house. Yeah. No, 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 no. It was at his house. house. I, was like, his well, house I was like, what yeah. the fuck? I was he like, first, yeah, he was at Joe's house. but So Mike, Mike is the type of guy, like, he... He developed his skills and he started doing it in secret. Yeah, like he didn't tell nobody. He didn't talk well, about it. Well, the backstory it. is so like I'm a drummer at heart. When people ask me what your art is, like my art is drumming. I've been drumming since the sixth grade. I was a natural at it. And then all of my friends here, like I, like I've always said, the best people that I ever met have been through music, mm-hmm. and that's which includes all of you, all of you guys. Except for, except for Jeremy. Kind of the same, kind of same, but um, so. Um, Shit, where was I going with this? Oh, so I already have the rhythm, right? I have, I have a timing, you know, as a drummer. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but then my brother gave me a DJ controller, a Pioneer DDJ SB3 or something like that. It's a small mm-hmm. one, the one I used at my birthday. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it, yeah. So I've been, I had been practicing on that for like, for the first year, it just sat in my toolbox. I never used it. But then for the last year, from, from now back a year ago, I've been using it kind of here and there. And then at your basement, I... I I had the bravery. I had the, I had the balls to actually be like, "Oh, let me DJ," because these two guys were. Well, you, you know what though? Also, man, like, I feel like it's because feel comfortable, man. And so in my house, I've always wanted to feel wanted, wanted to make people feel comfortable, mm. and that's one of the things I pride myself in. That's the that's the the that's the birthyard of 
of art is comfort. Yeah, you know, and I've had, I've had people from all over fucking like just rappers mm-hmm. that I don't want to hear, but you know they feel comfortable, you know. Yeah. So go on, go on, go on, <laughs> yeah, go on, boy, rap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spend a bar. So the deck, the deck that you had in your basement was similar to mine, and there was a couple dudes. You know, you're letting everybody mess with it, and these two dudes were like fucking it up, skipping mm-hmm. yeah. shit, and then. The, I was like, oh, let, let me try, let me try. I kind of, I can see what's going on here. So, but you know, you, you fucking like, you're. I'm still scratching my head about how you mix what you mix because you're mixing house with like some fucking like Bay Area shit and some West Coast shit. I'm yeah. like, how the fuck did you do that? Well, it's <laughs> kind of like one of my favorite things to do to take like a 120 to 130 BPM house or techno song, and then mix in, even if it's not mainstream rap or hip hop, but even mix in like I don't know something that's underground hip hop with it. That's like. A little bit over half the BPM, and then, yeah, it just sounds interesting. Just you know? mixing bars. Yeah. Mixing bars. So about this? How, I, I, so you said you can rent this up? Rent this yeah, out? oh yeah, the rooftop. Uh, all right, so the about we, towers. Yeah. How about we do that for a, um, all right, so the Memorial Day party is coming this weekend. After that, we need to have... I'll come more. out on Sunday, regardless of what I have going on. Even if I'm not done with my truck, I'll hop on my bike and come down. So, so let's, let's do let's do a... Um, all right, so we all know Adrian, right? Yeah. Okay. So, Duh. so we all love Adrian, right? I love Adrian, um, but we should throw a party for his for his birthday. Yeah, let's do it. What's the date? J- uh, July, uh, no, June sixth. June sixth. So the weekend after. So the first weekend of June. And he'll be happy as fuck right with here it. on the rooftop. On the rooftop. I'm down. And that'll be a dope ass rooftop party. And and you want you want to play? I'm down. And we can promote Never Not House for sure. Yeah, that's actually perfect. Perfect. Let's do it. And and I know many other people that'll play too. It'll be it'll be dope as rooftop party. Well, so his birthday's and June we're just 6th, you, so you're talking about the weekend of the ninth and mm-hmm. the tenth and we're and just, the eleventh. And we're just using his birthday as an excuse to for them. To get it out. I know, we'll just, we'll just, we'll just I'm sure crack, he'll be happy about it. We'll no, just he crack will, he it off all. It. We'll crack it off all amateur. Well, because he's also going to Alaska to start an HVAC job out there, right? So, I mean, yeah. I don't know how long yeah. he has. Good for him, but, though. He does need to get in, into the world and make yeah. some money. Yeah, that'll be good. But that'll be a nice little, like, you know, like, little, little, little Send thing. Send off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we should do that. So, let's talk about, let's talk about the, the, the tits and the and the cow right now you got multiple shows going on in the near future so yeah, give, give so, out those promos and let's talk yeah about it. all right so so the next the next um party that we're having is on sunday may 28th uh 2023 the which year is this sunday year it, yep. yeah which is legit we're gonna drop this guys... podcast on friday night so yeah you so, said you had the Permits for sound. Yeah, and stuff yeah. Like that so, too. so we reserved. We reserved the Adderwald Park area. Um, we we already paid for the the alcohol permits. We paid for the um, the sound permits, you know. And so we have from uh, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Perfect. And we're gonna supply all the all the meats. And beats. Meats you know. and beats. Ooh, there you go. Meats Ooh, and beats. Meats and beats. Damn, Meats and beats, bro. Damn. All right. We'll say that for the next one. Yeah, but this one's just Sunday at the park. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Yep. So Sunday, Fair enough. So, Sunday, Fair enough. So, yeah. So, Sunday at the park. Um... Uh, Never Not House in the Central. Is it a, is this a pre-sale ticket event? 
It's absolutely free. What? Free. <laughs> yep. To the community. Yep. That's public service, if you ask me. Yep. Right. It's free. That's We're cool. going to supply the alcohol. Not the alcohol, sorry. Burt, <laughs> back it up, back the, it up, back The it up. music and the food, you know, it's cool, BYOB. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring um, your own booze. Yeah, no liquor bottles, you know. But be ready, be ready to, but just be put ready it to in, hand out some some donations. Just put it in your in your water bottle and you're fine. Yeah, right? yeah, get out there, get out there. But it's, yeah, it's, we have, we have fucking like. So this coming Sunday. Yep, we have eight. Yep. We're going to release this podcast Saturday. So we have DJs lined yeah. up for the whole day from 10 a.m. Nice. What, what's the name of that park again? Addo Wow. <laughs> that's about that's about a a three-minute... Hop and just skip away from your... Yeah, it's a three-minute walk so, from my I place. Mean, Never Not House is escalating pretty quickly. because it's it's escalating has been, yeah. From the time I heard yeah. about it until seeing the banner at my birthday and then hearing that you guys had permits to do a party in the park on oh, Sunday yeah. downtown. I'm yeah. like, oh, shit, they're doing shit. Like, we, we were already doing shit in the basement. We're just waiting for the summertime, for the perfect gotcha. time. Gotcha, yeah. Because our parties are, are, are going to be outdoors. Right. You know? And, and I so, like the idea of the Donner Tunnels. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. Ooh, oh, I can't it, wait it, to see what's, co- what's cooked up for that. It's going to be tough, but we're going to make it happen. But it's going to be a renegade, so it's going to be like a Burning Man. Yeah, know, last kind of minute. Like, like yeah. uh, no, no, no fucking trace left behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be one of those. Perfect. Aaron Talavera. Jeremy Talavera. Jeremy Grant. <laughs> I'm not if look, if we get married, you're taking my last name. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, gra- <laughs> granite Vera. <laughs> we'll make it work. Telegranite. <laughs> my brother, you have been an absolute joy to have on this podcast. I'm glad we finally did it. You're one of my favorite people on the planet, let alone Reno. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate the art. I appreciate what you bring to this. I appreciate all the conflict we've been through. My brother, I love you to death. Thank you for coming on the podcast. We just made out, by the way. <laughs> Nobody yeah. saw it, but they just, they just made out. <laughs> you, guys I it. It. <laughs> you guys are lucky it's not a video podcast. Yeah, right. I love you, porn. Like, literally, I made out with him so hard, my, my tongue came out of his no, mouth. I made out with him so hard. His tongue came out of my asshole. <laughs> a pleasure, always. A pleasure. Thank you for listening. From Jared Lago, signing off. Good night. Good night. Hey, listeners. This episode is brought to you by one of our favorite sponsors. Have you ever been getting a cream pie from your dream guy? The sheets are nice, but the load was big. Throw on a set of Chrissy's Cum Diapers to soak up them kids. Chrissy's Cum Diapers is an innovative new technology that replaces cum towels all across the nation. And now it comes in five brand new colors. Camouflage white, water play yellow, crime scene red, and leopard print. And if you buy t- soon, a special offer, we'll throw in an extra Chrissy's Cum Diaper of your color choice. The Chrissy's Cum Diaper is innovative new technology that allows you to lay out what would look like a traditional cum towel. But when the action is over, you, you roll up the, the, ended, the double-ended Velcro tips and attach it to itself, making a nice cum diaper so your partner of choice can take your goodies to the bathroom.